0: Hello and welcome to the Spooky Shelf Podcast. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. In this podcast, I invite my guests to curate their very own Spooky Shelf, comprising 13 titles that they consider the best the horror genre has to offer. My guest today is Chris Glasson, one half of the Hardcore Listing podcast, which he co-hosts with Stuart With Chris is a massive horror fan. We'd already spoken about all things spooky when I went on Hardcore Listing in March 2020. I'll link to the episode in the notes. This was such an entertaining and insightful conversation. Chris took his list really seriously, which I hugely appreciated. Also in the show notes is the link to the letterbox list of every single film discussed on Spooky Shelf put together by Mike Leach, so be sure to give that a look. Also, could you please rate Spooky Shelf as five stars wherever possible? Because after a lot of faffing about, I finally managed to figure out the labyrinth that is Apple Podcasts. And you can now get Spooky Shelf on there. Right, I'll stop waffling and we'll go and put up a spooky shelf with Chris Glasson.
1: How you doing, Chris? Sup, Joe? Yeah, really good. Really, really good. Been looking forward to this for oh, a, a number of weeks, actually, since we spoke about it and you said you fancy doing it. I was like, oh, yeah, any any chance to talk about horror? But then 13 titles, it became a thank you, but also fuck you. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i had uh, I had louise blaine on who uh, is a she 's a a film critic and a games critic as well, and she said very much the same same thing she came on and was like, Joe, I just want you to know this has been hugely stressful for you yeah. so you 're very welcome to join that,
1: that oh hundred percent like my brain has been leapfrogging around and like just just worrying that like i 'm going i 'm not going to be able to contain myself to focus in like i'm obviously going to talk about thirteen films, but like I read as you know, i rarely listen to podcasts it's It's a thing mm-hmm. that I'm known for despite having recorded and released thousands of hours worth of my own <laughs> podcast now um but I did I had it i thought oh shit now i'm gonna because it's horror related I thought I'll check yours out, and I bloody loved it joe I, I uh i've i've listened I haven't listened to all of them, but the fact I've listened to about three is just just mind boggling and but the problem with that is right from the first one, I think I messaged you saying, I think Becky was the, your first guest. And like I could have just finished there and been like, well, Becky's covered my 13 <laughs> films. I think I had to turn it off. Like I was listening to it driving and I had to turn it off because it was weirding me out so much that I think she mentioned The Reef. And she went, The Reef is... And then in my head I was going, it's visceral, it's just so visceral. And she went, visceral, when I just turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I've got to stop listening to this man. Like it was But then all the others, uh, you had the Adams Family and I thought they were that was a great episode as well. Um so many great call outs from so many good horrors. So for me it's difficult to not repeat a lot of what they've said, but then also contain it to just one <laughs> per category. But I'll try and you can tell me to shut up when I start waffling about things as well.
0: Well, no, of course. Well, firstly, thank you so much for that. That's that. That makes me feel very, very special. And I've, what I really hope now is that you're going to tell me that how many, have you, how many off the beaten tracks have you listened to? How many acceptable oh, none, in the
1: '80s? No, no, none. Yes.
0: So I'm beating Stu with it. 100
1: percent. Yeah, yeah. You well, know. no, I think I've listened to oh, I've listened to none of the acceptable in the '80s, which I think I'd probably enjoy. And I think I've listened to one off the beaten track. Maybe I can't tell. I can't tell you what one. So there you go, mate. So <laughs> off the bat, you've beaten my uh, co-host.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! Mm. How many distraction pieces have you listened to? Are you, are you, surely Four. you've done more distraction pieces.
1: Only just did. though. I reckon okay. I've listened to five distraction pieces. So maybe what you're saying ten is
0: officially. Yeah, yeah. Nearly yeah. At, as good at podcasting as our good friends. 100 oh, percent. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I'll no. I mean, I'd, I'd, I've listened to more, but I still think yours is better. <laughs> Stick that on the poster. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Amazing. So, um, just real quick, before we jump into your your um, your thirteen mm.
1: uh, films, Chris, mm. how long have you been doing hardcore listing? Now, it's, it's a few years. Yeah, now, Yeah, right? yeah, at least five. Um, yeah, at least five, maybe six. And obviously, we started with Pip doing the drunk casts uh, about a year before that. So it's been about five or six years uh, of doing it and uh, it's just flown past, mate. I, I really enjoy doing uh, uh, waffling into a microphone and uh, yeah, so long may it continue. And you've gone largely,
0: pretty much, what was it, about a year ago you went almost exclusively to Patreon, is that right?
1: That's correct, yeah. Uh, it's it's funny, when you grow up, you never think you could earn your money off creating something and you just, you know, we, we do it's just weird way to earn money. It's a really weird mm. way to earn money is that people just willingly just like sign up or just donate you some dosh and said, oh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, so yeah, we went, we went mostly on that, but we have actually been uh, slipping back into doing more on Acast cast uh, recently because I think we want to start, like we started on Acast with getting quite like, um, you know, actors in comedians, musicians. Mm. And, and um, I think we'd like to, do that a little bit more as well. So Patreon won't change. We're still, we still put out like two episodes of on, on that a week. Um, but I think we're going to start getting like la- like um, larger names and, and guests that we want to get on. And we'll, we'll interview them on Acast and release it out to the public. So yeah, that's what we've been doing. Should we get straight into let's it? Do then? it let's, um, let's do it. Let's, let's do go it.
0: for the first one. Right. So the first disc I'm going to ask you for, for your spooky shelf, Chris, is what was the very first horror film you ever saw?
1: This is such a tricky one. This is I. I was racking my brains on this. I mean, when you're like born in the '80s and you come up in the '90s, and just the weird things you might catch on TV. I was lucky. I was lucky to be a bit spoiled as a kid, and like I got a TV in my room relatively young, which was kind of like, wow, that's amazing. But it's kind of like Pandora's box that because mm. you've then got a TV it only plays four channels. And, you know, you get what you're given and you like yeah. it or you won't. Yeah. Most of the time it forces you to watch it. And then late, late at night, if you've got it on, who knows what you're going to what you're going to be subjected to. Right. So it's it's between two. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout out to one. I don't think it is this, but I'm not sure what one it was.
0: We can absolutely do is that okay? Questions. And then yeah, I will course, tell
1: you what's course. going on the shelf. I will yeah. say, look, you know, I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'll say, this is the shelf. <laughs> but I'm not sure if this was the first one. But when I was about 11, I struggled to go to sleep on Christmas Eve. I was so excited that I couldn't, I stayed up. And mum was downstairs and the birds came on Hitchcock's birds. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, at Christmas Eve. So we were. I watched that, and that was fantastic. Also terrifying. Um, so yeah, that's a little shout out to that. And then when I was about sixteen, I had my first job. I had to walk to a saver centre one morning, and uh, I, I used to take a shortcut across a field. And one day, I took a shortcut across a field, and the field was just full of birds, just all all just sat in this field, hundreds and hundreds of birds and me, and. Uh, it was traumatic, and obviously I was reflecting back on how mental that film is. But I think, I think the first one was me switching it on, and it was a black and white. I'm sure it was Channel Four. Um, it was really old. I was like, "Well, what's this about?" It was kind of like clunkily filmed to what I was used to watching as a child, anyway, or as I felt like it wasn't children's TV, I guess. And it was Night of the Living Dead oh amazing how yeah. lucky are you to have that your first one that's like incredible. Hitchcock and Romero is like your your first, like your earliest memories of like and, and you know talk about both of those are so well made um for, for different reasons but like Living Dead oh man it was it really scared the ever-loving shit out of me. like because it's it, it it there's a the the real scene that really got me was quite towards the end where the, the, there's a little girl Karen and she yeah. commits matricide she kills her mum after I think she's been eating her dad's entrails anyway one one or the other and i was absolutely petrified and i always remember the tool that she uses she uses like a kitchen uh, a kitchen a garden trowel mm. and just stabs her mum to pieces and i was just like i remember it being like 12 o'clock at night and just like in gobsmacked of what I'd seen I was so scared but at the same time I was like this this was it was amazing and and it was kind of the birth of um my 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 uh, affinity with like survival horror I guess because not much longer after that uh uh, Resident Evil came out on the PlayStation so that whole sort of like survival horror as a computer game is probably is one of my favorite genres and then it also started my love affair with you know zombie films and the like
0: there, there's something there really is something hugely satisfying and almost just the the fantasy of barricading oh. yourself in and just be right how much how am i sticking out you know oh. this people at the door you know got to repel the borders that sort of thing so absolutely yeah Night of the living dead is an incredible show um yeah i mean obviously being been the first horror film you ever saw you're probably not looking at thinking Oh what wonderful social commentary this has for like, <laughs> yeah, sixty eight. Yeah, or... Absolutely,
1: sixty-eight, yeah. Yeah, no, you you no, I wasn't. And like like Romero did that again and again with with all like you know, a lot of the, 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 the dead f- movies have got themes like for example, like even like um Dawn of the Dead. Uh like he's pushing back on things like consumer culture and consumerism, even back then, which like to me is like the biggest thing that's plaguing our world now is consumerism. And yet Romero was was you know commentating on that back then in Dawn of the Dead. And yeah, they've all got their they've all got their themes, um and, and friendly zombies like Bub in uh the in, in Day of the Dead. Um yeah, it's I, I didn't I didn't pick up on any of that. It was purely just oh, oh my god. Like and that that I don't know as a kid, like that sense of a like that adventure a survival. I mean, like even in films like Goonies, you've got that sense of adventure and I don't know, I'd sit, I'd sit at school just planning what would happen. And so many times in history class, I hated history. Um, I don't now, I really regret that. I was going to
0: say, that's really interesting that you did <laughs> yeah. like at that time oh. when history is something I've heard you talk about quite a <laughs> yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love
1: it now as a, like a responsible adult, but I, I couldn't <laughs> think of anything more boring and I'd plan my escape from the room. Uh, if a zombie evasion happened then weirdly i wrote the first sort of horror scripts i wrote for fun was one called rot and that was all like it was i don't know when this was about 2008 9 and i i was like what would i do if a zombie thing happened now and i wrote a a deck of cards and they were all different events and i literally kept got a, a dictaphone and was drawing these events from starting in my bedroom, and I ended up recording this story as I drove around Baselden in my very first Ford Fiesta car. And in the end, I nearly crashed my car, and I was like, okay, this stops now, because I was getting so into it. And uh, yeah, um, hugely irresponsible. But yeah, that's taking planning a zombie invasion to the the, the, uh, next extreme. What would you you wear in a zombie invasion? I always ask people this.
0: Ah, so I think... Here's the thing. I think I'm going to slightly cheat because I think that what I would wear mm-hmm. in a zombie apocalypse, yeah. I think is an idea that you
1: presented, oh. as you said. Motorcycle. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wear some leathers, man. Yeah.
0: Either that, or I would, I do want a full suit of plate <laughs> armor just clank about.
1: Yeah. You're definitely a bit good workout. <laughs> uh, that or you want to stick light, but yeah, I just think motorcycle levers is the way to go. They're not going to chew through that. So mm. yeah, I think you're golden.
0: Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. stuff. It's actually something that my dad and I still do now. So my dad, like growing up when I was getting into all this, you know, grewy horror nonsense mm. all that sort of shit, he was always a bit like, I just, I just don't really understand this sort of thing. And then he started watching like apocalypse movies and particularly zombie movies. Um, and now, even now, we'll text each other like, "Oh, I'm what are you up to today? Oh, I'm just here over at X and X location." And then, like five minutes later, we go. Could be good for zombies, up here, you know? <laughs> and we just like detail what's going on around Amazing. us. That's um, quite a nice. Episode.
1: Yeah, it's really great.
0: X and stuff. Okay, not the Living Dead. Uh, with a special mention of the birds. Chops, The birds. Okay.
1: Maybe the birds has got. Maybe I've uh, not stacked away my dvds probably maybe the birds dvd has slipped inside the living dead case as well oh, these really things happen thing, but it's
0: like the disc is rattling around inside <laughs> yeah,
1: the case yeah of- yeah what the fuck is this? yeah yeah oh it's all right it's the birds oh, oh, oh that's okay <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm ha- that's fine. happy surprise <laughs> <laughs> excellent
0: Okay, dokie so uh your second disc chris i'm gonna ask you for is
1: which film scared you the most I heard I've heard a few of your um guests talking about the fact that you're chasing that 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 thrill. Um the one that scared me the most originally, other than things like Night of the Limb Dead, the one that really sticks out is a bad experience, to be honest with you. Uh so I was like fourteen, fourteen, fifteen, and I'd gone on a holiday with mum and dad. We'd gone to Spain and um they were having drinks and I was getting to stay out quite Obviously, way too late uh, for as uh, my parents were being rather irresponsible, and like we'd co- we'd come back right, and like they they'd be pouring mum and dad these insane spirit measures. So mum was getting like a quadruple vodka. Anyway, we'd come back; those two were quite pissed, and then they would turn on the TV. And the first, like the first or second night, they did this. They turn on the TV, and I was already sat right near the TV. They turned on the TV, and Pornography just came on the TV, right? And uh, this isn't the horror bit, by the way. And 14, 15-year-old me just got an absolute eyeful of this extreme close-up of sex. And um, I was just every... I was absorbing this imagery into the marrow of my soul, being like a a teenage boy. I was like, this is amazing. Hoping that, you know, mum and dad aren't going to notice straight away. And it took mum like a good 30, 40 seconds. And she even said, what is going on here? And it was, it was highly graphic and highly zoomed in. And then when she realized she turned it off and I was like, okay, well, you know, that was good while it lasted. So a couple of days later, we came home late and same sort of setup. Like I sat down right near the TV.
0: Hoping for the same, same
1: sort of experience turned on the TV. And it's, it's club owner, JP Monroe up the top of his club with the flipping pillar of souls um in hell hellbound um hellraiser 3 and he's getting you know I, I watch a bit of it and I'm like oh and you know what I think there was a little suggestion it was getting a bit sexy because I think he had like a he he'd pulled a girl from his club he was going up there I thought oh here we go this is going to be an, another se- a sex movie I imagine and uh And it wasn't. Like, J.P. Munro's trying to get her to, you know, throw her against this this pillar of souls to get absorbed into it for for a good old uh, pinhead. And he doesn't. He gets pushed against it. And before you know it, uh, you know, he's getting... His soul's getting eaten. And uh, he gets two sort of rods put through his brain. And the imagery was just so beyond graphic for my little brain. Like... I was brought up in the eighties and nineties. I loved extreme, extremely violent films, so Predator, RoboCop, it was all all of that. That you know, it was a whole different podcast, right? But when it came to horror, there was something at that point I couldn't quite comprehend why a human being would actually want to want to make that sort of film. And I remember saying to my dad, like, my dad had to like talk me down for about an hour. Like, I was couldn't get my head around why would you make horror? Um, so like that that was it and like actually Hellraiser later in later on in in life I you know it's it's bloody brilliant what Clive Barker wrote there and it's it's it's, it's excellent it's really good Hellraiser 3 obviously not so so good <laughs> but Hellraiser 1 Hellraiser 2 um they're just they're really good and like it's there's so many different notions in Hellraiser that still terrify me the most like the sort of like the ideologies of Pinhead and the fact that to to demons some angels other and you know you're you're you know even in hell your suffering's going to be legendary. Stop saying stuff like that because it's fucking horrible and it just it stays with you and it's like the fact that they're like no this will be this is really good you're gonna you know was it um um uh, don't shed a tear um it's, it's such a, waste a of good suffering. oh mate. All this stuff. It's not just the... Vi- it's visual. There's that sadomasochistic thing where, like, you know, there's that slight suggestion, like, even in the first film when, um, you know, he's basically... Frank's got no skin and yet his partner's obsessed with him and wants to make love to him. There's this weird sexy thing that you get in the body horror, isn't there? Cronenberg does it really well. And so it's just weird. It's very confusing. And, yeah, those notions, like, of all the horror things... If I ever see that puzzle box, you know you can buy the toys, can't you? I'm never fucking touching one of those (laughs) things, dude. Ever.
0: (laughs) They occupy a very sort of strange... So my overall thing that I've sort of... One of the things I've noticed about human beings is people get really weirded out when something doesn't quite fit into one or another category. So like... I, this is going to sound completely bonkers, but mm. I was having a chat with my wife the other day, mm. and I was saying, I think one of the reasons people really dislike mushrooms is because fungus, it, stay <laughs> with me, yeah. fungus is somewhere between animal and plant,
1: oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. and people really don't like when there's not <laughs> yeah. a clear division. It doesn't fit ideas. in a box. Mm. Exactly. So when you're yeah. talking about the Cenobites, and there's yeah. you're trying to comprehend what they could possibly mean, where how can you have so much pain it's pleasurable? And how can you have so much pleasure it's painful? Mm. It's very, very strange ideas yeah. that, that are introduced to you there. Yeah. Particularly, you know, when you're on holiday in Spain. With <laughs> just had a great,
1: great day. And then I come <laughs> home and see that. It was just so, it, was, it just scared the piss out of me. And in fact, it kind of, from a very young age, I kind of had drew a line in the sand where I kind of felt that like I didn't really like horror. And that, that lasted for a few more years where you know, it was is a bonus little thing to slip in here is that what's what's what horror films scared me the best was probably Ringu, because that was when it I was at uni at that point and I was I was watching horrors here and there, quite a few, but nothing as is as extreme as Hellraiser. I remember watching Ringu and then being like obviously of Order Ring, uh the Japanese version. I I, I remember um that scared the shit out of me and the drenning was going through me so much and I kind of that was when my really pure penny drop moment in horror happened where I was like okay I'm I'm really ready now for everything horror's got for me whereas I think hell I think hellraiser 3 just that one scene was just too much too young for me at that point and it kind of made me go I'm going to I'm going to give aspects of horror a bit of a wide berth and I'll stick to some of them that are a little bit more don't have such difficult things to me. And that was yeah, what Hellraiser yeah. was. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do
0: really relate to that, actually. The whole, like... Because at one point, and this it feels alien to me now, because obviously horror's a massive thing. Hmm. There was a point when I was a kid, I was like, the idea of a scary movie just terrified me. I, hmm. was, I was scared of the idea of being scared. And I think the first thing that I ever watched that really properly scared me was the Michael Jackson video.
1: Oh, Thriller, yeah.
0: Yeah. It and, was... Uh, as it turns out, he was probably a worse monster.
1: Than, like, he was protecting. <laughs> yeah. was, he, was he foreshadowing? Was he like trying to let us know something? Oh, completely yeah. mate. I mean, that that was one hell of a, was, I, I remember turning down, I, no, I did watch it. My, my cousins were like, Chris, Chris, come on, let's watch that. And that, I was quite young for that. And obviously when his eyes go, that's what used to get me so much in horrors, you know, like the eyes, like a, a lot of hammer horror used to do blood red eyes for, for sort of vampires or the, you know, Bride of Dracula. It used to freak me out big time. And obviously Thriller did that as well. It's cracking. Uh,
0: So we've just had some massive technical failures in that I turned on my Poundland ring light and it killed my microphone. So (laughs) we're now, we're now back and sorted. So we have just finished talking about Hellraiser 3. Three, which we've added to your shelf Chris
1: yes unfortunately it's up there now <laughs> so the uh, third
0: disc I'm going to ask you for is what is your favourite slasher movie
1: you know um, slasher's possibly my least favourite genre in horror it's funny how many people say that yeah. I think it's like people's entry into the genre mm.
0: isn't it when you start properly getting into it but yeah,
1: it's like my least favourite but I still have got loads that I love like it's, it's such yeah. a it's such a stacked uh, genre. Like you could just do slashers on trains for God's sake. Yeah, you, you know, you, like honestly, you could do. I don't know if I could. I could. I don't know if I could squeeze ten out for you, <laughs> but I could do. I could do a five, you know, or, or or more. But um, yeah, like I don't know, like um, but there are still ones. I, I still like it. I you know. I really struggled on this because I think there's been some modern, recent, more recent ones that nearly made maybe my favourite in the last five years with films like X and stuff like that. But my favourite slash of all time, I should say, Halloween. I'm not gonna, Um, or Sleepaway Camp or something like that. It's it's Scream. Of course, fuck you! It's Scream. Like, (laughs) Like for for me. Like, it it came at a time where most... Like, as I said, i kind of drawn... Was it 96 Scream?
0: I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah That's 96. the one that comes to mind. Yeah, head.
1: yeah. And, like... So, there were certain horrors, as I say, I weren't really going near. And yet, but I still was watching some. And also, it was like... This really re my love of cinema as well. And obviously, we're going to talk about that as a different experience later. And I could easily put Scream into this category. Scream is a Wes Craven just 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 the shit like nightmare on elm street was like it's and it's like so meta in terms of horror in itself isn't it like how like how it's discussing the pitfalls and the traditions of horror in and whilst trying to maybe in some ways reinvent the slasher genre uh and i think it's what jamie kennedy does you know he's one you know obviously he 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 sort of like helps guide you through it a little bit in the film and for 16 year old me i did need a bit more spoon feeding. (laughs) Yeah. than possibly what I would have done these days. And it's just such a laugh. Like There's such great performances in there. I think Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard as the as the killers was just oh, it's just great. A cool little twist for my little 16-year-old brain. I went with my mates. The cinema was rammed. It was a real thrill ride. It's got an ode to Psycho at the start uh, with Drew Barrymore. It's quite vicious, that death. I think... Mm. Um the go the Ghostface Killer is just a, is a great sort of addition to the Mike Myers, J- Jason type type uh masked killers. Uh I loved it. David Arquette, Courtney Cox, cool little comedy duo for comic comedic, comedic relief. And even Scream Two then went on to play about the thrill of being in the cinema. One of the kills in Scream Two I'm sure is yeah, in the yeah. cinema and Yeah man, I just yeah, there's there's cool, there's there's better, there's probably better films, but in terms of my general experience, in terms of horror, that was the one that I was like, yes, and and of course that would that spew out then all the horrors from '96 onwards, right? Like I know what you did last summer, Urgent Urban Legends. Later on, you had Disturbing Behavior, Cherry Falls, and none quite. Really were as good as Scream, but it was they were kind of quite enjoyable as a as a revival of the of the genre. Um, yeah, so if it does that, if it reinvigorates the genre, then all good. I'm all Absolutely. about
0: it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think I I just missed that. I was just too young. To really get yeah. it at the 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 height of you know when it it went absolutely crackers. But have you kept up with Scream? Then is it a franchise that you keep revisiting? Uh, have You seen the recent
1: one? No, I haven't. So like there's there's certain franchises that I like like for example, there's a TV franchise horror that I haven't even started yet, and it's kind of in my back pocket because everyone keeps going, "If you watch that, I'm like, no." And it was like I kind of know that I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to just when I've really got nothing else on, I know I've got something excellent to watch, and and Scream. I kind of is is something like the new Scream I'm kind of I know I'm going to watch it and I've heard Mm. broadly positive reviews about it Uh, like Remake of Black Christmas and stuff like that but I I watched that it was decent Um, and I'm sure I'll enjoy Scream Um, but I haven't have you seen it? I I I think I've seen all of them except the fourth one. I I don't mm. know why.
0: I just some it was just you know sometimes there are just gaps that you <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. you just miss them. But yeah. I, we did go and see um the more recent one over yeah. my birthday yeah. and I thought it was I I had I had a really really mm-hmm. good time with it. But my one big criticism of it is that they made such a huge thing in the marketing about how it was like you know it was essentially Ghostface takes Manhattan, right? Oh right, right. They do not at all use New York in any original interesting way. The fact that it's in New York is Irrelevant. neither here nor there. Yeah. And that was one of the big selling points. But then, you know, perhaps that was that's what marketing departments are for, right? Is mm. to, you know, pick up things to Well,
1: they're kinda it's them. a bit naughty though, isn't it? Because they're kinda of, they're kinda of just trying to pull you to sort of like um uh, um, was it Michael in Manhattan? Wasn't it? When it, when it, was it? Was it Mike Myers in Manhattan? Jason. Or was it Jay- Of course, it's Jason in Manhattan. Dickhead. <laughs> I didn't. Funnily enough, I rewatched that probably three years ago, so it's not even that stale in my memory. Like, there's some comedy scenes of Jason in Manhattan. Um, to be fair, even yeah. in that one, like for the first hour,
0: he's just on a fucking boat <laughs> getting there. So, <laughs> yeah. They need a decent slasher that uses New York. Yeah, absolutely, as New York, absolutely. So. Yeah, but
1: don't just try and but get no, off people's nostalgia to market it. I just <laughs> think it's a bit, you know, bit cheap. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, Scream is it comes up a lot, and it's
0: it's one that I, I have had to revisit since it's been coming up quite a lot on this podcast. So I, I did last watch this uh, a couple of months ago, just on a train. Coming back, and I, I was just sat on the. I'd done a, a trade event for work, and I was on the train coming over, and I'd bought a can of beer. I was just sat on the train drinking this gamma ray, just watching <laughs> scream. And I just looked round, and there's this old woman just like, the oh, fuck <laughs> is wrong with you?" Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was when good people
1: fun. see you watching horror. Yeah, it's uh, I do.
0: I do forget that mm. not everyone likes. Yeah, this shit,
1: yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 one down from watching porn on the train. It's kind of like just don't, maybe don't do it. <laughs> you're going to give you're going to get some raised eyebrows but I, I feel like a bit went a bit easy there there's like you know like even when i was talking about train horrors like there was a canadian one called end of line which was it's, it's it's not very well known it's good it's horrible and it's like it's even got oh you know what you've written it down so you haven't watched it so i don't want to talk too much about it but like there's, there's load, there, there are loads of good ones and you had other people give shout outs to to one's sleepaway camp was flipping that that last scene is horrendous Silent mm-hmm. Night. I mean, Wolf Creek is—is is that a slasher? It's horrible. I think
0: there's an argument to be made oh, that it, can, I don't know. It, it sort of bridges slasher and torture it porn. It is suppose, a bit torture porn, it? yeah. It, come, it came out at, at that time yeah. where it was just—it was all torture all porn. All torture mania, porn.
1: I yeah. Sort of like Hostel sort of spawned a lot of other stuff, didn't it? Really. Oh. Do you know?
0: I watched Hostel for the first time. I think it was either late last year or, or this year. Mm. And uh, what an utter piece of <laughs> garbage that film is! I hated it. I hate it. It didn't have anything good to say. I thought it was Europhobic. I thought it was homophobic. It was just... I just... I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I I almost can't remember
1: it. Torture porn is, again, one that I just kind of... I've never really warmed to it. Weirdly, here we go. I said I'm going to mention train slashers. There's one... Actually, this is easy. This is a cheap shot. It's called Train. And that veered into torture porn as well. It was that era. And it was about... uh, um, um, They... obviously they'd gone for Eastern Europeans wanting to to steal your fucking um, your organs yeah and actually it was was. a bit smarter than that but also it kind of also was flirting with that sort of like era as well Uh, yeah
0: yeah. okay well sorry
1: mate I told you I warned you I was going to start waffling about other fucking... <laughs>
0: no, of course. This is entirely what this is about. This whole thing, although there are set questions, it's kind of one of those things where it's not really about the films. It's about the oh, chat cool. around it right, yeah. and the stories yeah. that yeah. come out of it. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to ask you for a fourth disc then, Chris. What is your favourite ghost or haunting horror film?
1: I'm not going to... I mean, this isn't a... Uh, this this could have fallen into the TV show category, bite me. Um, But... um. I'm going to go with Flanagan's haunting the Hill House.
0: I just Do you know what? like
1: just because it's Mike
0: Flanagan and because what? I thank Mike Flanagan and Raul Coley at the end of every single <laughs> episode of this podcast, I'm I'm allowing it. I'm I don't f- care. I don't I, care. I'm allowing it.
1: I just like there was others. There was other things that I could I could have um, I could have re- I could have talked about in terms of hauntings because you, you, you there's a lot there's a lot of decent ones, um, a lot of shit ones as well, but. I have to say that Haunting the Hill House, I was literally clapping at the end of episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, was, I was like, because I think you can really, I think you can do ghost stories really cheaply and you can go for just jump scares and go, Woo! and I think, I think the themes in Haunting, I know it's based on a novel when actually they did a good version of it, the Haunting, which was in the 60s, and um, then it got remade again. Um, which was all right but um that I don't know if that was also called the haunting but anyway um i know it was a novel but how flanagan did it was just like it was incredible and like the bent neck lady that mm-hmm. that sort, that narrative and that theme um it's just it, it makes my hair stand on end and I think that for me like like a good test of a horror film is one that makes my, my, my hair stand on end the Babadook did it like mm-hmm. just even the, the marketing and the words if it's in a word or it's in a look you'll never get rid, of, get rid of the, of the Babadook. Babadook and I'm getting look straight away my hair's literally my hair's going literally Chris go is on now end.
0: displaying his brother <laughs> his arms and they are indeed
1: standing on yeah, it. Yeah, they, they, they go up. Like, I was thinking this. I was driving along the other day thinking of The Babadook and thinking about this particular question. And I started thinking of that. And the hair stood up on my back of my neck and my arm. And I thought, I'm sorry, if you if that's doing that now, and I watch that film, what's that? 2015, great year for fucking horror films.
0: 2014, I think. It was, oh, is yeah, it? Sorry, there. mate. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Um, no, yeah. sorry. Forgive me! <laughs> um, yeah, I Always mean... The Babadook is insanely good psychological horror. I, I didn't include that because um, some of your other guests have, have called it out. So I thought I'm just going to go I'll with haunting. Haunt, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go on haunting. Uh, yeah, haunting a Hill House. I just I loved it. I was terrified. Yep. I was properly getting freaked out watching it. Um, Joe, I think we've spoken about how how you best like watching horror, um, and I like to watch it late at night on my own, preferably in an empty house. Um, and I was doing that. Haunting of the Hill House and the whole bent neck sort of lady thing was just absolutely it's freaking me the hell out it really was um,
0: absolutely I mean I think when we when we recorded um, the Hardcore listening episode I think I don't think it had come out at that point so no. we, I don't think we even touched on it briefly uh, at all so um, the bent neck lady actually gave me my first and I think only ever experience of sleep problems. oh wow so yeah. as soon as you know there's the shot of its little nail the camera twists mm. like that and she's hovering over her as oh, soon as i saw that in frame i was like that's coming back to me tonight yeah. i'm 100 yeah. percent having that that nightmare and then it happened mm. and weirdly it happened and it was utterly terrifying mm. at the time as soon as i snapped out of it i just started grinning because i was like yeah. i fucking knew that was gonna happen yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I really appreciated it because
1: yeah. i was like which just shows how good it was, you know it worked for, for a horror film to so i love I love nightmares, I love them I'm a big fan of nightmares, and I know a few people who have said that to me, and i'm like i'm not the only one <laughs> like, like <laughs> I used to hate them as a kid, but I used to have night terrors mm-hmm. and i and um and then after a while I absolutely love a nightmare, and so yeah i I, I get it mate, I do like um but in terms of like the urgency of a nightmare, like I often will watch a horror film and think, oh, I hope I, I hope I confront that at some point, but yeah, it won't, it, it will fuck off and it'll come back to me three months later. Um, so for it to hit you that quickly just shows you the urgency, like how urgent that was and how Absolutely. how quickly it got, it gave you the heebie-jeebies. But yeah, poor Nelly, like the fact that she's got like it's that whole, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for people if, they, if they've not watched, not watched it, but there's a there's a sort of wonderful sort of uh cyclical nature, self fulfilling prophecy of the issue of Nellie's death and the neck lady, which is just to me, especially within the genre of ghost ghost stories, is just chef's kiss. Mm. And yeah, I just ah oh, love it, mate. Absolutely love it. Flanagan, uh smash it out of the park. Bly Manor's decent. Obviously, um people on your podcast have, you know, um, Given a lot of props to the Midnight Mass, which is absolutely the bomb as well. Wonderful dialogue in that, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it, it maintain, I maintain it's the best story I've ever had told. To me midnight, <laughs> mass. midnight Mass was it was such an important thing. Yeah, for me. So I'm. I was so pleased that that exists and I got to see it. So, um, but yeah, I think you're right. What What's amazing about Hill House is the fact that up until it really, to my mind, it really is the only example of. Well, the, those three, man are less so, although mm. I did still really enjoy mm-hmm. it. The, but particularly Hill House, mm-hmm. it shows that where we've been used to horror films being short and punchy mm. and, you know, a, a very visceral, right, it's there and then it's gone sort of thing. The fact that it had such longevity that it held for 10 episodes, mm. don't forget, it holds yeah. that terror. And it's because you invest... So heavily in those characters, so quickly, and it so masterfully gives you a little window into each one of them before they all come together mm. for that fifth or sixth episode, and then it goes from there. I I, I don't understand how something that good can exist. You know, I the planning agree, that goes into it. I
1: really it. do agree, and I think you earn your enter. I was saying this to um, person who probably get a shout out later, but I was saying about earning your entertainment, and I feel like. In that you do because you you have to you stick with it, you sit, you follow these characters on their journey, but it's not like you have to force yourself to stick with it it's it is very yeah. much like um you know entertaining all the way through, but you earn your scares because there's the build up and there's the narration to it it 's not just a quick like you know where where many cheap horror films sort of like go wrong it's they're so desperate to present. Mm-hmm the big thing straight away. I love a B-movie. It's one of my favourite things to do is watch shit B-movies, right? Especially creature features. And yep. you constantly see the mistakes they make because they're out of ideas in five minutes. Um, and Mike Flanagan and team aren't. So they can they, they, they can let it run for 10 hours and you think, oh my God, this is terrifying and, and brilliant and well-acted.
0: Uh, it contains one of only two jump scares that have literally made me jump <laughs> out of my seat as well so it's it's, it's oh
1: god yeah it does it does, really it, does. Um, it,
0: this, it leads on to the next question quite intriguingly <laughs> mm. because if if Hill House is your favourite ghost or haunting horror mm. what then Chris wow. is your favourite
1: horror TV show yeah I know um, so in terms of horror TV show I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> um right Ghostwatch.
0: C- correct so it's just
1: yeah has anyone talked about it on your show yet has anyone
0: uh kevin lyons spoke about ghost watch oh. and, and he admonished me for not having seen it oh. and then a couple of weeks later mm-hmm. i had my 30th birthday and i treated myself mm. to a very pristine blu-ray copy of it so i now Ooh. have seen ghost watch uh Tell me about Ghostwatch. Ghostwatch, Chris.
1: It's basically Ghostwatch, Ghostbusters three. It's not. It's basically <laughs> like it's. It's a tricky one, Ghostwatch, because I guess it's like it's like it's thirty years old now, right? So that, when was it? Nineteen ninety two. Halloween. They kind of put it in the um, sort of like they put it after Watershed, right? And they did sort of like put it in the entertainments sort of like they they did bracket it under bb i think it was yeah, bbc one entertainment's right but they kind of then lent into it being a, a documentary um about um uh, going to a, a family in london they think they're they're haunted by a guy called mr pipes and they call him mr pipes because they can hear the pipe their basement pipes knocking and um it's very. It, it, a little bit like how War of the Worlds, when it came out on radio, people were listening to it and then having absolute panics about it. This. This Sado documentary ended up getting about 30,000 complaints. Because people really were just absolutely shitting bricks. Because basically. Who's um, it's, it's, it, it, it hosting It's Parkinson, isn't it? He's basically. That's it, yeah. It's, it's Parkinson's basically. Uh, sort of like hosting it while the. Um, there's different people who go and interview the family at the house, and they're looking for these paranormal, paranormal activity. There you go. Just, just <laughs> throwing another one that I nearly, I nearly called out as, uh, as, uh, as my favourite ghost uh, one. Anyway, um, and, but as it unfolds, at one point you find out that there's people trying to play up to it, and it's obviously seen as fake. And then yes. Parkinson's like, oh, this is obviously this proves that it's bullshit, right? And then, um, and then other things start going on, and then some really weird, horrible, dark shit happens to the kids, and everyone just shits their pants. And then it actually they flip it back on. You go, no, it is real. It's haunted, and it just scared. The, you know, it was ninety two. Young, I, I, I actually don't think I saw it in, in ninety two. I think I, mm. I was, I saw it later on, and I still was petrified. I, I can't remember what year I watched it. I wasn't. It wasn't much past that. Excuse me.
0: But it was it was really
1: scary. God, this is the thing. is
0: like as as much as you say, like you know. Okay, fine. In the TV guide or whatever, and in the title cards, they say BBC Entertainment. Yeah. Back then, we we didn't really have you know the the sort of the shared knowledge of social media yeah. that I think provides a lot of shortcuts into being able to point out a falsehood or something. So because you're you know in, in, Halloween 1992 you sat there with your TV that's the only mass you broadcast didn't have besides else. radio yeah, 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 yeah you didn't you didn't have that yeah. sort of stuff so you couldn't just text the mate being like did you fucking no, see yeah, that yeah. you couldn't yeah. pause yeah. it you could phone up. them
1: up on the dial you could on the, your dial up phone but that would have been in the other room <laughs> exactly they have to run yeah, out yeah, and say, yeah. well I don't know I missed it yeah, didn't yeah. I? <laughs>
0: It's it is an incredible piece of T V and it's the fact that what you mentioned there is when they they do the thing of saying like, Oh, part of this has been a setup, it has been a hoax. It's that brilliant thing of almost like a magic trick, like when a magician shows you a magic trick and there's deliberately a part where he goes, Oh, is this your card? And you go, No mm. and then they go, Oh right, that's cause your card is and they pull mm. it out of your pocket or whatever it then makes it that much more of a of a of a shock yeah. of a of you know, you're suddenly astounded by that. Oh God! Right. So
1: when it really boots off in the in the second half of it, you really buy it's into a great it that. Great way of much doing more. it. I mean, people do that with jump scares. The easy way of doing that with a jump scare is like you, you kind of it's that typical thing. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, it didn't happen. It's happened. You know. It's happened now. And yeah. but that's with a narration that they did that, and they do it in other like. There's a movie called The Last Broadcast, which came out around a similar time to Blair Witch. I don't know if you've seen that, but. It's all about the Jersey Devil. A fucking re- I nearly said it as my under, one of, of it, my yeah. underrated films. Um, but I haven't seen it in so long, I don't know if it's shit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But when I watched it, it really had this whole documentary-style thing about the Jersey Devil. And um, it kind of starts to bring you into, this is all bullshit and it's a setup, And then it's, a, no, it isn't. And then there's other twists. And it was like, that was really decent. And I thought Ghostwatch did it well. I think... The problem with that is BBC did apologise, and I think they were right to an extent because, like for all the reasons you said, like they were arguing they'd made sufficiently clear that this was bullshit. Where, uh, but thirty thousand complaints you could argue means it isn't. And unfortunately, there was a young lad who killed himself. He had, he was like eighteen year old, worked at he was a shop clerk or something like that. He ended up killing himself. Um, I think he had some um, some other sort of like health issues. Um, alongside it but even so it's mm. sort of like it's difficult that because you know this comes into the realms of freedom of speech and uh, but, but like I would say I think like notions of horror a bit like The War of the Worlds like I think maybe you've got to make that really fucking clear and and, and I, I'm sure the BBC have learned, learned a lesson from that they've never replayed it I don't think and, yeah. so
0: no that, that's right they haven't it's a I tricky mean... one that it it is because it very much puts me like so like I'm i have a huge video gamer I've yeah. I've played video games my entire life yeah. and so I've been exposed to the utter fallacy of the argument absolutely of video games cause I violence yeah. and it immediately I jump to well it's not the ent- the piece of entertainment's fault yes that someone who is engaging with yeah. it who shouldn't be yeah. so like. If you sit your six-year-old child down in front of Call of duty, mm. which is quite clearly mm. it, there's, it's, there's legalization. It says this should not be played by anyone under the age yeah. of 18 years old. If you are allowing your child to engage with that, mm. that piece of media they are not ready for, which mm. may you know, on a surface, of it, may have very violent content, mm. it may have very difficult themes in it, but quite apart from anything else. The online aspect of it. You don't know who they're going to be exposed to in the team chat. Even the language so, they're going
1: to get exposed to. Exactly. Like, I've learnt some really interesting insults playing Call of Duty.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we had a smashing time playing Captain <laughs> the Flag, didn't we, Chris? So, so I, I do immediately jump to that. Yeah. Well, it's not the entertainment song. Yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, clearly yeah. it needed to be clearer that it was a piece of fiction. Possibly, because that yeah. that also then leans into my utter hatred for um psychic mediums i think
1: if you if you're listening yeah, to this yeah, and you're a yeah, psychic medium yeah,
0: get the fuck yeah. off my show you're a charlatan <laughs> you're preying on vulnerable people and you're a cunt i hate you right so then yeah. but then i think equally it's it's complete it would be completely mm. right of them to apologize for it and say look we didn't make enough effort yeah, yeah. to say this is a work of fiction yeah. and then somebody unfortunately has been led to believe that this is reality so it's a very very tricky situation yeah
1: Who's that? Uh, it's a podcast. It's actually a podcast I listen to. It's the guy. Uh, oh, mate, I'm gonna forget his name now. Um, Not Clinton Baptiste. Clinton Baptiste, mate. Oh, it's quality that podcast, and he's obviously a clairvoyant in that. It's wonderful. It's really wonderful.
0: Have you? Uh, have you watched the Australian sketch show Auntie Donna?
1: Oh yeah, all? yeah, it's cr- yeah. So yeah.
0: they have Blair Boy. Oh, at the clairvoyant. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: opens his shows kind of saying good evening <laughs> grieving and vulnerable widows
1: <laughs> i love auntie donna i absolutely do yeah um but yeah i mean like the grave encounters was a horror film where they went and did that whole thing and i really enjoyed grave encounters had some, i loved that had some film. good jump scares in it that is so encounters. much fun grave encounters too weren't mad at it either uh, i actually haven't seen
0: them yeah I,
1: I mean like that, but... don't um don't have a go at me If you watch it and you're not... But I thought, yeah, no, like, both times I was like, yeah, that kind of did what I wanted it to do, especially the first one. Yeah, the old fraudulent uh, sort of, like, yeah, as you say, psychics and that, fucking...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've gone off on one there. Look, so so legendary is my hatred of them among my friends. My mate, uh, Mitch and James, they got me for my 30th birthday tickets to go and... One ticket, sorry, actually, so... (laughs) The plan was, they w- we're all going to go out. They would go off to my favourite restaurant and have a nice dinner. I would be dropped off at this venue and have to sit through the psychic <laughs> medium. Get this, right? It was postponed
1: due to unforeseen circumstances. <laughs> you cannot do that. Oh, you mate. can't do that. Oh, dude, you're kidding. That is just poet- poetry emotion, that is. Ridiculous.
0: Anyway, let's get off. One last off thing to oils, shout mate. out on, yes, on Ghostwatch.
1: One last thing, right? Is that it's based on the Enfield hauntings. And mm-hmm. if you've ever, I don't know if we discuss this on our podcast, mate. But if you've ever listened to the Enfield Hauntings, the recordings of, I think they it's are Bill, terrifying. mate. That is like that is night that is nightmare fuel. I remember first mm-hmm. listening to that at about one a.m. in bed on my earphones because I couldn't sleep, and I was loving every minute of it because I was absolutely fucking terrified. But that that this the, 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 the the Enfield hauntings if you're horror fans obviously you're listening to the spooky shelf podcast you haven't listened to the actual recordings of the Enfield haunting it's worth going to listen to and like whether or not that's bullshit or not I don't know i mean like i very much uh, just enjoyed getting freaked out by it so every part of me wants to sort of like believe that that is it even though i also don't want to because that would be Terrifying, but yeah, Enfield haunts. Either way, are, it's scary, isn't like, it? Yeah. If there
0: is something or there isn't, but no, it's it is. They are even even if, like me, you are a huge skeptic. Listening to that in the right circumstances, oh. knowing that voice is coming from a child is very, very yes,
1: scary. yes. Oh. Um
0: yeah. Something else that I must recommend to you, Chris. Mm. I don't know if, if you are familiar with the show Inside Number Nine. Do you know what
1: man? I like you are about the third person uh, recently who's like. You have watched inside number nine, right, Chris? And I'm like, no. And they're like, what What are you doing? Why have you fucking Why have you not watched it yet? Yeah. It's, okay. So, yeah.
0: knowing knowing that you you enjoy script writing and you've written scripts yourself, even just just from a script writing point of view, you owe it to yourself to right. watch it. They are phenomenal. It's it's an anthology show, yeah. so some episodes are better than others, mm-hmm. but generally the standard's pretty high. But the reason I bring it up for this one is Halloween, about four years ago, they did a live episode, and it was heavily influenced by Ghostwatch. I don't want to give away anything right. else from it. You have to watch Inside Number 9. It's the best oh, it's... thing the BBC have produced. It's incredible oh, mate, TV.
1: I've... Yeah, I, I must watch it. I really must. Yeah. I, like Maybe this weekend I'm going to start sneaking it into the older uh, into the diet. Yeah, for they're, sure. They're,
0: ex- they're very watchable. Thanks, man. There's half an hour episodes. Yeah. There are some amazing... Obviously, they're huge horror fans, so there's some really great horror episodes. There's some really funny comedy ones. It's it's brilliant. It's just incredible TV. Okay. Uh, we come to your sixth disc, Chris.
1: Which horror movie has your favourite jump scare? Yeah. Um, shout out to The Descent. Loads <laughs> of people have, have uh, sort of called that one out. Um. I'm gonna give another quick shout out to Wreck. Did you ever see Wreck, the original? Do
0: you know? I did years ago, mm. and then
1: I rewatched it a
0: new year. Mm. It's just it's dated. It it, it lost yeah. it lost its energy because for so yep. long I was like, that is the beacon, that is mm. the pinnacle of found footage movies. Yep. And I've watched it
1: since, and I'm like, it's not grabbed me anymore. But I, go on. I do find with certain films that. Uh, especially in the horror genre, that what they now so well is difficult on rewatch to ever recapture it. Funnily yes. enough, I love The Descent and I watched that and nearly that nearly made my cinema thingy. That was a nine out of the ten out of the block when I came out of the cinema. Me and my mate Greg were clapping when it ended. We were just like, that is the bollocks because we went in with no expectation. We went didn't know what it was about and we had to sit in the second row from the front. And fucking deal with that shit, and it was amazing. And yet, I've watched this Descent probably five times, I'd say, and it it doesn't it 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 can't stay the course because a lot yeah. of it is in the the surprise. Whereas, like say, like you could say, Exorcist has got themes and in it that just stick with you forever. Whereas, like Descent is kind of. Like, it is what that was it's ended now you know what it is it's less scary and i think yes. wreck wreck found footage ones can fall foul of that as well and so we we had to really travel to go it because it wasn't being shown at most cinemas but the we managed to find one we tr- drove to it we took my mate andy and my a- mate andy shouldn't be my mate because he doesn't deserve to be treated how i treat him like he, we went to watch that film <laughs> And the last, like, really gut building to that absolute climax of wreck, right? And you get, you've already had the exposition of what is the nature of what is causing this this block of flats to be overrun by this sort of like people being possessed effectively. So you get the Deus Ex Maxina there, he explains everything, what's going on. And then, um, and then they have just got, you hear a rumble in the fucking loft. And they're just trying to put their head up into the loft and look round. And my mate Andy, I looked to my right, and Andy was literally on the edge of his seat in the cinema. <laughs> and I couldn't resist. But as the thing jumped out, I fucking grabbed Andy's leg, and Andy, Andy jumped out of his seat in the cinema. And it was it was, bu- it was beautiful and awful, and I'm a bad friend. But having talked about all those films, <laughs> I'm actually going to say Paranormal Activity. Okay, and, go, okay. and weirdly, this isn't that jump-scary. For all the films we've spoken about, mate, like the, the thing I love about Paranormal Activity is that this jump-scare, it's quite a jump-scare, but it's stayed with me for ages. And most of the time, jump-scares get you. ha <laughs> ha got ya! And then you forget yeah. about it. And this jump-scare is with me now. And basically I th- I think the beauty about paranormal activity is the cyclical nature of being forced to watch mm. from one camera to the next camera to the next camera next camera and nothing's fucking happening and it almost hypnotizes you into a rhythm of banality and then a door moves and you shit your and pants it's the
0: scariest thing in the world a right?
1: door moves 2 inches and you're like fucking hell yeah what a brilliant like I love like how ha- that looks simple to execute because it was because they moved a bit, of, they moved the door on a bit of wire, and you shit yourself. It's so simple in execution, but like the thinking, planning behind it is complicated. And I think great horror can require complicated thinking, and it looks so effortless on film. And I think paranormal activity did that, and that's why such a cheap movie took the world on fire and it's got to be one of those films. I, I used to know the the, the numbers but the, like, the cost to take box office is astronomically higher.
0: I think it was 11 grand the original cost and then I think it went to something like 38 yeah. grand for the cinema yeah. one and then obviously it's done gangbusters. Isn't millions and millions, of millions Probably and hundreds of millions yeah, dollar dollars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And but the, my the jump scare in this is where in the first one where she get a leg gets pulled out of the bed. When her leg gets held and she gets pulled out of the bed, there was something in that that got it just got in in me. Not only did mm. it make shock me, just the notion that the 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 the, the entity that she used to hear talking around her, her bed as kids, which is a horrible thought in and of itself, had hold of her leg and was now trying to pull her out of the bedroom. Oh, man, it just done me, dude. It really did. And it's just, you know, there's so many jump scares you can talk about, but that one just has always stuck with me. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's much more to say about... Like, jump scares are usually short and sweet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean... the,
0: the... <sighs> I, I absolutely adored the first Paranormal mm. Activity. As it went on, you know, I've the second one, I was like, mm, you're kind of losing me now. <laughs> and outside of a the cinema, mm. they are quite dull. Mm. But um, <laughs> a, another to go on, what you've just said there, um, Chris, about creating sort of a cycle of banality, yeah. as you put it.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know if you're aware of the film that came to Shudder earlier this year called um, Skinemarink.
1: I haven't watched it yet. No, I've heard I've heard no, the hype, I, I have, but yeah, I, haven't, I, haven't I haven't watched either, it yet. But It's about but a child's nightmare being trapped in a house, isn't it? Is that right?
0: It's something like that, but it's mm. from what I understand it, and I could be completely wrong, I've not seen it, mm-hmm. but what I've seen of it, it's lingering shots of portions of rooms. So like, mm-hmm. it'll be the corner of a wall and a ceiling, mm-hmm. and then it'll be just you know a, a floor by where the door meets the carpet or something yeah. and, but it will hold those shots for 2 3 minutes yeah, yeah. or so and then like the slightest thing happens again i've not seen it but that you might find that it's a, a similar sort of thing there
1: oh 100% i'm going to watch it it's kind of like on the uh, the infinitely long horror just even horror movie catch up that yeah. you have to play and Absolutely. um yeah I, I agree with paranormal activity it's a funny one that but like, I just wouldn't be uh, true to myself if I didn't call it out. Like, uh, I, when we watched it, we watched it on a laptop. This is in a time when naughtily, me and my housemate would rip movies, and I am ashamed to say it. Like, it was that Lime era, and like everything I do now, I pay for. But I, I honestly, like, I was young. It was like my first job, and my mate went, "I've got this film I've downloaded. Do you want to watch it?" And we watch it on a pokey little laptop. And we were shitting ourselves and uh, he, we went to bed and I, to, I remember walking down a dark corridor in our flat and I was like, all right. <laughs> and then and then, when I woke up and went to work in the morning, it was like 7am and it was pitch black, it was winter and Mark had left his bedroom light on. And I, when I came back the next that, that night, I said, mate, when I got up this morning, your bedroom light was on and he just looked at me all wryly and went, <laughs> I was too scared to turn it off. I was like well, I tell you what, that film, that film did what it needed to do, right? So,
0: yeah. I I was at college at the time and there was one lad who came and he said, I've watched paranormal activity the weekend. I've been in my mum's bedroom the entire week. He was that
1: scared. (laughs) Nice. 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 I hope
0: that's all it was that was going on. (laughs) What what a crass and vulgar joke to lead into my favourite question of the entire podcast. <laughs> um, your seventh disc, I'm going to ask you for now, Chris is, and this is my favourite question I ask. It's deliberately vague. Hmm. Which horror movie has had the most emotional effect on you?
1: Oh, it's such a tough one, this, mate. It really is. Uh, given I've waffled a, a lot, I'd given you about multiple answers. I'm going to try not to on this one. I'm going to say. I mean, you're very welcome. Uh, to, Well. Yeah, I could, I could go on about Exorcist. I could, I really could, because it, it has everything. The Exorcist. It's got the unnerving dialogue. It's got the sort of like things like um, that's far too vulgar display of power. I, th- I just think that's wonderful. That's. I left the cinema when eighteen. Uh, when when it came out, director's cut. I had an absolute freak out meltdown. I had to leave the cinema. Um so it was visually arresting. It was all these things, but it's not one we're talk about today because I'm sure people are going to talk about the Exorcist more on your podcast at other points. So I'm going to leave that work a genius for someone else to pick apart. Um, the one that had most emotional effect. I'm going to go a weird way with this because you've okay. had you've, you've had so many great answers. I'm going to go a, a darker, more horrible way. Uh, the one that had the most emotional effect again wasn 't a positive one. Be warned with horror like you can you can bounce you can bounce your boundaries every now and then and fi- end up like finding ones that you is that is that too much for me so probably by about two thousand and eight, I was absolutely in my i was just watching all horror that I could get hold of like just consuming it all like. Uh, and around that time was the French new French extreme horror movement. Mm-hmm. So you have Frontiers Inside and Martyrs by Pascal Laguerre, and that's what I want to talk about. Is Martyrs? Like I've mentioned it on the podcast probably previously. I warn everyone off of watching it, um, and it's it's also brilliant. So me and Mark again, the guy I watched Paranormal Activity with, we uh, just watched everything in Blockbuster. This Blockbuster was still going. And we, uh, there was martyrs just down on like the, like right down knee height. And we were like, well, literally, we've f- watched everything, everything else in Blockbuster. Else. Like, you know, it was that thing where Blockbuster was like the Netflix where you just infinitely mm. scroll. Blockbuster was like going to the gym because you just walk round and round the aisles <laughs> until you finally just. And so we reluctantly picked up Martyrs, went, eh, okay, let's give it a whirl. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a rollercoaster of a horror film, Matt. <laughs> Have you seen it? Have you watched it? Well, it's
0: interesting, Chris, because um, I, I've, I was chatting to uh, so Mike Munzer, who runs the Evolution of Horror podcast. Mm. He's a huge proponent of why I'm doing this podcast. Mm. He was very kind enough to be on the very the second episode of Spooky Shelf, and um, this was his answer was uh, was martyrs for similar reasons. Really, it really, really. He was like, I don't know if I can take this. So, and on that, po- I'm going to very quickly tell this story again. Yeah, okay. Um, so martyrs for a long time has been a film that i've been absolutely fascinated with for a film i've never seen because i've heard so much talk about it and partly it's it's actually from yourself on hardcore Mm. listen you were saying like Mm. and um you know it 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 it, you mentioned martyrs a couple of times on various Mm. shows and stuff whinging about it it, it, not quite whinging (laughs) but like saying okay i actually had quite a nasty time with it. so it, it 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 was one of these ones that I was always warned off of, and I've I was I'd done similar things to you, like okay, so how far can I go with horror? Mm. You know what's actually going to upset me, and it was something that I always avoided. And then I went on my honeymoon, and just before I went on my honeymoon, I thought I'm going to take a copy with me, so I downloaded <laughs> it to my to my. This doesn't end the way you oh, think dude. it ends. Yeah. This doesn't yeah, end okay, the way you okay. think it ends. So it was on the tablet, yeah. and I was like, look that's the happiest I'm going to be in the most beautiful place I'm going to be that's as positive as I can make the environment yeah. to watch it yeah. I didn't get around yeah, to yeah, it in the end yeah, yeah. so I, Good, I didn't yeah. watch Martis in the end yeah. however yeah. I knew we were going to be recording this yeah. conversation yeah, 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 yeah. tonight and I had a funny feeling that Martin might come <laughs> up so this very afternoon Chris oh, I watched Martins. Oh,
1: so <laughs> fucking hell
0: and at the start You're of right? the call yeah. We, uh, well, this thing at the start of this yeah. call, I said to you, yeah. I'm having a bit of yeah, a weird you did. day. Yeah, you did. I was having a weird day yeah. before I'd made the decision yeah, yeah. that today was going to be the day that I oh, watched Martyrs,
1: hell.
0: and then I watched oh, you Martyrs. Poor sod. <laughs> so, no, go on, take it away. No, mate, I, on, no, tell, no, me.
1: I'd, I'd tell me be, what you I'd, think about Martyrs. Oh, god, do you know what, though? I'm more interested because you've got to put up listening to my bullshit for, for however long I'm dragging this podcast on for, mate. I'd be interested to hear, um. Like your your initial reactions to it, and ha- ha- how you feel now, and then I'll then I'll uh, then I'll you know throw some thoughts in after.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll caveat this. I'll, I'll start this off saying I I think from the sounds of it, I had a much more positive experience with it than <laughs> you did. <laughs> But what right, I will, right. what I will yeah, say yeah. about this is I don't feel like I would have experienced the martyrs that you experienced yeah. having innocuous innocuously just mm. gone. Oh yeah, we'll give that a bash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a film that I've had 15 years yeah. of it to sit in yeah, my yeah, brain yeah. as this thing, this entity of like yeah. this is the ultimate. If you yeah, can gotcha. handle this, you can fucking handle gotcha. it Yeah. And as a result, I have I I knew You're pretty ready. much all the plot yeah, beats, gotcha. most of the plot beats. Yeah, yeah, I tell you yeah, what yeah. I didn't know about yeah. is the creature yeah. that that it's occupies brilliant. the character. I can't remember characters. It? It's not Anna, is it? It's that. Lucy. Lucy's mind. Lucy. I was not know awa- why I, wasn't I still aware remember of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, yeah, I, I just that was the one aspect of it I didn't know yeah. about. I I knew that it's very much it's a film of two halves. Yes, and I think I probably for that reason struggled with the Mm. first half Mm. more than I did the second because the second I've listened to podcasts about and I knew Mm. it's just okay. So then it's 45 minutes of Alice (laughs) having the shit kicked out of her. Mm. But there's a couple of bits that genuinely really did upset me is anything where the kids were struggling and you saw actually we saw footage of the kids being abused and actually the force feeding was a oh, bit yeah, I right, yeah. physically yeah, yeah. I was revolted by. I yeah, could feel like my gag yeah, reflex yeah, yeah. like building and building. Mm. The flaying at the end and that sort of thing I was kind of all right yeah, with because yeah. you know I thought it was incredibly impressive mm. body horror. Mm. Um,
1: the bathtub scene that's fun.
0: That was vile. That is that actually that's a point. Yeah, that was one of the worst parts as well. Is when you've got when you're, I I had weirdly it comes from a Jim Jefferies show, but mm. he has a, he says a line in it that really is me. He said, the worst thing you can give someone is pity. <laughs> right. And I
1: yeah, was like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah.
0: And when she's helping mm. the poor prisoned woman out and is trying to clean up all her wounds and all that sort of thing. It's yeah. So it's, it was a film that were, it's full of utterly repugnant imagery. Mm. It's got some horrific scenes of abuse mm-hmm. in it.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I, but there is part of me that so anything that has a twist in mm. it, and you'll get this from Inside mm. Number Nine, and something like Kill List, oh, yeah. anything where there's yeah. where there's a twist yeah. in it, mm. where there's actually this whole secret society yeah. that have been doing it. Th- that for some Gets reason shot. just t- it ticks mm. a box it ticks a box. Brain, Amazing.
1: I love this because someone called I, that out in True Detective as well, didn't they? And and and, and akin, one of the, yeah. the Adams family akin uh, that to being a horror, and I agree. I think there's cosmic horror there Absolutely. under the surface, yes. and uh, the society in that and Kill List is fucking incredible. It's really interesting you say that, Joe. Sorry, mate, I, I cut in there because I was getting excited. No,
0: no, that's 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 pretty mm. much all all I got to say on Martyrs is that I think because I'd gradually over fifteen mm. years desensitised mm. myself to it, had I seen it just. Like yeah, that in the way that you did, yeah. I really think it would have done significant. It would have taken a much more significant toll.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that. It's like it's like any film, isn't it? Like you can build an expectation for better or worse. You know, you can go in with the hype and it. It's funny enough because Pip, Pip said much the same, Joe. When because I'd said I'd warned Pip off of it. And then mm. he sat down and watched it with his misses, and I was like, "What the fuck did you?" I just said, "Don't fucking oh, watch get, it, mate." Get a pizza in. Let's watch. <laughs> I'm going to talk about watch. getting a pizza in in a minute, actually, but oh, okay. like, which is a weird link segue to something. Um, I, Do you I want to talk about your experience with Martyrs, uh, well, or would yeah, you rather just <laughs> start it? crying? Uh, all I'm going to say <laughs> is that I, I, I generally think that it is. A, it, it's a really well done horror film. I, I properly was. Just on the edge of my seat throughout it, and the whole Lucy being pursued by a demon, and the the what that is, uh, what that is telling you is that because she 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 when she escapes from being abused as a child, she gets the opportunity to rescue someone, but in her fear as a child, she doesn't, and that's mm. that demon is chasing, is chasing her. Because she can't let go of the guilt of what she's done, like survivor's guilt. It's fucking brilliant. There's level there's layer there's small little layer. I'm not saying it's the most nuanced movie ever, it really isn't, but there is there's sto- there's stories there to be told and in interesting ways you can look at martyrs. And when mm. that basement door opens and you think, Do not fucking go down there, mate, and she does, that's perfect horror. It's yeah. just like I think like it does veer into torture porn and it's something that like it's so visually arresting. Like I, I have realised now that I, I don't always. I will. Wa- I've watched a lot of horror. A lot of horror's got some incredibly violent imageries and suggestions in it. But if I can keep away from the more talky, puny sort of stuff, I, can't, I I tend to like. Um, mm. It's just something that I just not. I just don't have such a palate for uh, it, these day and age. So it's a, it's a brilliant film, and it psychologically scarred me. And and that's why I say what, what had the most why the most most emotional impact. I wanted to talk about from Dust till dawn and watching it with my mum and dad and having a hell of a time and a brilliant movie, a movie of two parts too, mm-hmm. um, which is cracking. Instead, I talked about one that made me. I remember being running on a treadmill a year later and thinking about the flaying oh. skin and then yeah. breaking out into like you know, I was already sweating but like a cold sweat on top of my heart sweat on the on the on the treadmill and I felt ill and I mm. was like fuck me that that is like, that is emotionally scarring and, and 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 horror film can do that to you like uh in some ways they say people who watch a lot of horror films are more likely not to panic in really severe traumatic situations and I can true, I can yeah. I can believe that I really can because you,
0: if you if you consistently and actively chase the idea of, of being in a situation where your adrenaline is coursing through your body Mm. in that, in that way, my, my reaction to, I don't know, even, you know, my, my wife has now by default become quite the hardy horror fan, (laughs) but I, I maintain, I, I stay calmer watching those horror, because I've seen those beats before, because I, I'm aware of the adrenaline. I'm enjoying thinking, Oh, it's going to, here it comes. (laughs) But I genuinely do feel like, yeah, a hundred percent that, that does ring a bell. It's, um, was I can't remember who it was it might have been um might have been John Carpenter could have been Wes Craven could have been Toby Hooper i can't remember which one of the, uh-huh. the directors said it but he said that um horror doesn't create fear it releases uh. fear so i uh, 100% fear. and ju- just to to very very quickly add on to your point That's of interesting one of the most desperate i felt with um when lucy as a child makes the decision I say makes the decision. She almost doesn't because she's a child and she doesn't necessarily know what to do in that situation. Mm. Her only instinct, she's operating on instinct, Absolutely instinct. Yeah, and she gets out as soon as she got out the door. I I welled up and I genuinely I remember thinking, that's okay. Well, like yeah, you had to get yourself out yeah, of it, yeah. and you're a child. That's okay. And that was what was so uh, heartbreaking about what then happens to to Lucy. And I've uh, I've didn't realise this, but I've developed a bit of a weird thing about people like opening up their arms. Oh God! Yeah. Well. And there was a horrific, yes, yeah. quite a few times in the <laughs> that that happens. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, there's a particular yeah. one. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. It's like, wow, that's a lot. Mm. So lot. Yeah. That's cheery. Absolutely. Sorry I didn't pick Dustil doom yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll put the the, the Martyrs DVD up there, but <laughs> Dustil <laughs> dooms in there instead. Yeah. Like, uh, like you, you're trying
0: to look arty to your neighbours, <laughs> yeah. but actually yeah, you yeah, open yeah. it up. Yeah, it's, it's just lovely. nice Lo- it's just lovely Selma it's Hayek. It's just it's That'll just Salma
1: cool. Hayek and uh Seth and Richie Gecko. Um, two <laughs> two class acts
0: excellent well i i appreciate it wasn't the most cheery topic Chris, but i do appreciate your, your honesty your answer with that one so and yeah, sure. it was, you know that's the first conversation i've had about martyrs having seen it so cool you know, well well I, done mate
1: and uh you're pretty yeah nice one for watching it and stomaching it and i'm glad that you you can go about your business without having a meltdown <laughs> <So>. yeah
0: <laughs> let's um let's have a bit of a palate cleanser sure. after yeah. that, then yeah, what was okay. your best experience with a horror film in the cinema?
1: So we mentioned Scream and I, I just love cinema and, um, I love watching horror films in cinemas as much as I like watching comedies. They're the two that I really, like. I like to see people laugh and I like to see people shit their pants. I, I went to watch evil dead rise the other day and, oh, uh, how much fun on my yeah, that? it's great cracking. How yeah. Much really, fun really, really happy with it. And um, uh, right, it's not about Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> Before I go off on one about that. It, um, but four girls came in the cinema and sat up the back of Evil Dead Rise and they couldn't have been 16, 17. And I just sat there and I texted Molly because obviously Molly's not coming to the cinema with me to watch this. And I said, I, I think these, these four people have not got a clue what they're fucking in for. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, like hearing the squeals of joy and horror was, was really cool. And So I loved that. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier The Descent was a cracking run um, I had a great time watching Lake Placid uh, Flaccid, Placid, Lake Placid <laughs> there's a story to that but I won't go into that here um, but the one that I remember like this is another one where it was in the era where some really cracking movies came out, actually with sim- uh, the same actor, Sir so Lawrence Fishburne's in this and he was also in The Matrix, another film that at the end I was basically cheering and I'm going to talk about Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. Event Horizon didn't know anything about it. Uh, it had Sam Neil in it from uh, Jurassic Park. Um, it had Sean Pertry of Dog Soldiers fame. You filthy fucker! Um, <laughs> it's 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 the bollocks. I I love Event. I can't tell you how much I love Event Horizon. It's got no. Sh- it's got cosmic horror. We haven't even we haven't touched on Lovecraft yet. And we, oh, Mm-mm. we will do and um it's got that it's got that element of hellraiser and it's less sexy sadomasochistic but it it does have it it, do, it definitely has it i think hellraiser probably primed me and i was ready enough to to deal with the suggestions of event uh, event horizon but like you know obviously what it is is sci-fi horror they find a uh, there's a, a ship that was used in scientific experiments to travel through space quicker, effectively. But in order to travel through space quicker, it would bend space in half and send the ship through a little wormhole. And the ship went missing, and it comes back years later. But where has it been, and what has it brought back with it? And um, a little slice of hell. And it's... Oh, I love that film so much. It, I could have said this as my most underrated, one of my most underrated horrors, if you don't like event horizon we we, you know unfortunately joe you're probably going to slam the laptop down if you don't but for me (laughs) it's a film i go back to i watched it again six months ago i fell asleep to it so i fell asleep (laughs) to literally i I do this a lot to horror i I drift off and i can hear people screaming and i sometimes Mm. think i don't know what's wrong with me (laughs) but like i love event horizon and um just yeah, the all the things like where we're going, you don't need eyes, and hell is just the word. So similar sort of themes, they're probably biting on Hellraiser, I guess. But for a, a nineteen ninety year old, for an eighteen year old lad, is when I saw it. I guess those elements and themes, I, I, they weren't as clear. So someone else might be like, "Well, Event Horizon does bite quite heavily on those aspects from uh, Hellraiser," but. I don't know, I didn't care, and what, you know, we're talking about cinematic experiences, it was one hell of a ride. Like, I'd already been disappointed that year with, I think, uh, Alien Resurrection, which was just dog shit, and um, I wanted a good sci-fi horror, and uh, Event Horizon was just the absolute fucking bomb, it was it was incredible. Um, love Sam Neill in it, Lawrence Fishburne, I've said the, I'm just repeating myself now. <laughs> what, what did you think of Event, of Event Horizon?
0: I, I did I did love it at the time when I watched it. Yeah, I, I have only seen it the once mm. and actually off the back of this, I'm definitely going to watch it again. But the, the idea that you have these very, very sort of disparate ideas of you've got the sort of, the, you know, the, the grounded earthly influence of like what we perceive hell to be, mm. combine that with outer space, you, you don't immediately think, oh, okay, so actually the, a way to get to hell is through space mm. because everybody, everybody, as soon as you picture hell, what do you think? You think you go down yeah. rather than up yeah. and out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the idea that you fold reality but then go through hell, I, th- I thought, it's, yeah, it's it's genius. I do need to watch it again. Um, have You You've mentioned at the very start of our conversation you're a fan of, sort of survival horror video mm. games.
1: Have you played Dead Space? Oh, yeah. I Weirdly, mate. So this is another thing I, I won't play until it's night but they... They just. I played the original, and I just mm-hmm. play, played the remake. And the remake's fucking ace. It scared the crap out of me. Um, I, they also did another one called Callisto Protocol recently. Smashed that. Absolutely same sort of thing. Like sci-fi horror in space it's really gets you. And I, I love that experience. Like you say, you're a big gamer. Like I, I, I've had a long hiatus from playing computer games, and I'm getting back into it. And survival horror for me is just one of my favorite pastimes in terms of a game it's just a real thrill you feel like you're immersed into it um and yeah dead space was absolutely it was absolutely ace and there's some there's some similar themes there's some gothic the gothic nature of the designs of especially in event horizon the ship Mm -hmm. itself um i think is yeah is, is brilliant loads of good jump scares in it other things in there about loss, and you know, uh, that, uh, uh, yeah, uh, from Sam Neill's point of view, and his partner who kills herself, and putting his work in front of it, and yeah, it's great, it's, it's a decent one, I, I would recommend it. And, uh, interestingly, another bit of trivia, uh, they did film for these sort of like hell scenes, liberate Ute me, or uh, save yourself, um. They 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 filmed loads of these horror sequences, right? Like that were flashes of hell, and you do get mm. them in the edit of Event Horizon, but they cut fucking loads of it out. Like they said that the stuff that they filmed was just unbelievably graphic, like uh, and the crew w- were not. Ha- some of the crew weren't happy filming it or refused to film as- scenes of it um, because it was really like the worst sort of themes. That they started. Oh, let's go for it. Let's spend a load of money and really film some graphic, horrible imagery and um, mm. you know um, themes within that suffering as well. And they couldn't. They the be they, they couldn't. It wouldn't have get classified with it. They would it wouldn't have been able to come out. So they had to just dump it all. And I don't think anyone's really got it as well. Oh, no, mm. it's not even on the Blu-ray. I was I just thinking, it's not on I'll the, Blu-ray, have to get the Blu-ray, dude. Ray no, no. Get get I think them. it's. Oh, uh, I strange. think it's on the cutting room floor. I think it's gathering dust in some in some can. Basically, that's a is Yeah, isn't yeah,
0: it? yeah. I, I'm 100 percent going to go and revisit Event Horizon. Oh,
1: and last thing, the end song ends with funky shit by Prodigy, yes, it does. and it's the bollocks. And we're in the cinema, and it just ends, and Lawrence Fishburne just does this heroic thing, and you're like, yeah, absolute hero. And then it ends with Oh my god, that's the funky shit, and you're just like, best ending into a film ever. We were charged <laughs> up with adrenaline, and then like wanting to dance. It was, it was, it was the bomb. <laughs> one hell of a that's a proper cinema movie for me I loved it
0: excellent Event Horizon it's on your shelf Mm -hmm. Chris that's smashing right let's go for your ninth disc what to your mind is the most underrated horror film I'm intrigued Mm. with this one for you go on hit me with it Um,
1: wouldst thou like the taste of butter oh (laughs)
0: yes I would like to live deliciously thank you yeah
1: absolutely well Black Phillip, eh? Um, so, uh, it's The Witch by uh, Robert Eggers. I mean, oh man, I fucking... This, I watched the first time the reason why I feel it's underrated is because I didn't rate it. I watched it once, dude, and I was kind of yeah. like, I wasn't dialed into it. I don't know if I wasn't in the right frame of mind. I think the language that they, uh, that they, he's really gone to town with it. It's a real mm. study of that time. There's a few goofs in it which are quite fun to talk about, but... Um, he shot it all in natural mostly all in natural light it's really raw and real and he really tried to make it authentic even in how they spoke and I actually think it makes it for an audience slightly inaccessible um, because of that Mm -hmm. and so well it did for me and I'm a horror fan and I do like drawn out long slow play nothing happened movies as well but for whatever ha- for whatever reason I couldn't quite dial into it and then the second time I watched it I was like I think this is now in my top five of horrors like I just it fucking blew me away and it's got it's there's there's a lot a lot of subtlety in it and there's a lot of like um you know you, you watch it a few times I actually once watched it with subtitles because uh, Molly was in the house and she doesn't she hates horror films, and so me listening to a horror film downstairs. Our house is really small, even with the doors closed. Is basically her having to sit in the room listening. So I, I, I put the subtitles on sometimes, and actually, it was it was actually really enjoyable to watch it with the subtitles, mm. and really get a good feeling for sort of like some of the other uh, horror themes in it, or the fear of what was go- what was happening to her, or the suspicions um, within within it. Within the Witch, which is effectively a film about, um, well, a family's sins and unravelling and pride. And they basically, you know, they've moved to New England and uh, William has an argument with his parish and they get uh, expelled from the parish. And he's like, well, fuck you guys. We're going to start our own little community. We're going to grow our own corn. And then everything just, his pride leads to a lot of bad things going wrong. And all of them sin. And I think Black Philip, who is a goat, Who's also pretty much the devil incarnate, and I—I I don't think you can get enough goats and uh, in in horror films. Really, uh, was there one in Drag Me to Hell? I think so. Um,
0: yes, there's a goat. It floats about. <laughs>
1: yeah. it's, it's, like, it's played for comedy. Yeah, that it is. One, yeah, it yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but oh my god, I love it. Um, great cast. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, obviously, who's who's the bomb, um, and 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 Ralph Inneson, who from uh,
0: Chris Finch, bloody good puritan. <laughs>
1: Exactly Finchy <laughs> it's fucking amazing in it, and it's, it's yeah it's, te- it's still it's it's subtly terrifying, and I think you've got to pay you've got to pay pay attention like that's not a that's not a fun thing to say to people, is it no if you really pay attention, you'll get a lot out of this film, and I guess that's why I think it's not underrated by horror fans, I feel like but mm. it's not going to have like it's not scream do you know what i mean
0: it's it's not your your Friday night. Horror movie, move you know, cinema audience isn't no. it? No, I, I do appreciate what you're saying actually about it being slightly inaccessible because I remember at the, at the time it came out, we've got um, a, there's an so me my wife and then a couple of other friends. The things that we get together to do is play board games and watch horror movies. What a night! And at the time, oh great, yeah. uh, brilliant weekends yeah. with them. Um, and at the time it came out, and I, you know, because being a horror fan for this long, I listened to podcasts all about. Let knew this thing was coming out. Sat down to watch it. He start. They start speaking in sort of using old language and that sort of thing. The other three pretty much lose interest, and I'm hook, hooked yeah. on every yeah, word. Yeah. Like this is one of the best yeah. films I've seen in ages. It's it's astonishing what they do in that film. It's incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Eggers is our Hitchcock in it, to an extent. I, I do. I, I I will give him that sort of hype. I just think that like he's like just every film that he's done I mean like even do you know what Lighthouse I struggled with to start with as well and yet I'm still
0: there with like I'm still struggling yeah. I've watched it once yeah. and I'm like yeah, yeah. Eh, yeah. I will yeah. go back I've to it I've
1: come round to it again it's it's mad and it's like you know some of my favourite art and I, I always used to think this with music like some of my favourite music is, is stuff that on first listen
0: yes
1: I weren't on I weren't about it and um, yeah. I, he, ter- he switched I was obviously always loved Willem Dafoe but in terms of Robert Pattinson that was the that was a watershed moment for me mm-hmm. is seeing him in that and then going, Okay. Actually he'd done some other good shit before that that I, I had to then go yeah. back and watch because I had yes. I had him penned as Twilight and thinking being a big fan of vampire horror, Twilight really weren't ever pushing, you know, the the right buttons for me. And uh, so I kinda of put I kind of writ him off a bit and Lighthouse and obviously he's he's done fucking um I'm gonna say the Viking, and it's not the Viking, is it? Have I have the Northman? why is it? The Viking? <laughs> the, the That's Viking. the shit. The Northman is the shit as well, and yeah. But anyway, we're talk, we're supposed to be talking about the witch. Um, it's <laughs> there's scenes in it that for some people, I think I actually went and I was trying to find because I, I didn't want to rewatch it. I was trying to find a like the whole thing. I wanted to watch one bit of a scene today mm. because I wanted to talk about it more accurately, and I couldn't find it because. It's such a small bit that most people, it's easily overlooked as the other some of the other scarier things that happen in that film, right? Mm. But there's a scene where Caleb, the, the kid who meets the uh, witch in the woods, who's really yep. beautiful, then grabs him and kisses him, basically. And I mean, I think it's worth the trade. I think it's worth dying cheap. That witch was hot. <laughs> um, I'll go to hell. Anyway, Caleb <laughs> is basically in a uh, in, in a sort of like sort of like uh, fever. And I think the devil's trying to take his soul. And he refuses, good lad, I wouldn't, and he dies. But while while he um, is writhing around on the floor, they're all having arguments. And I think one of the little kids, Mercy, is blaming Tom Thomison for being a witch. So that's a sin in itself, even the little kids are sinning. Because it's a big thing to say that back then. But they are trying to get the little kids to say a fucking prayer. And they're like, I, they've forgotten the, I've forgotten the words. And I was just the thought that these little kids weren't saying the words of a prayer they would know. And then Thomason says, well, they've struck a deal with Black Philip," And the thought that all of this was happening, I'm getting heebie-jeebies, all of this was (laughs) happening, a lot of it was because two little kids who had been playing with Black Philip and singing songs about him in the courtyard had invited the devil in. And they're the ones who've made a pact with the devil because they can't fucking say the Lord's hymn. To me, that was like, that's... Great horror, man. That is up there mm. with any other sort of portrayal of horror. And like, so again, it's like there's loads of stuff like that in uh, in that. There's like, uh, like William dies, but he gets gored by Black Philip, He falls into a pile of wood that he'd been cutting, and like that wood is like almost uh, like a, a metaphor for his pride and his wrath, mm-hmm. and that's what kills him. There's loads of shit like that, and the fact it could all be bullshit. They, they might have none of that might happen because there's another there's another theory that obviously the corn that they were eating had rotten. And if you eat certain diseased corn, it can make you trip fucking balls. Mm. So it might have been that. They might have just been having a really bad trip. Um, I don't know. Love it, man. Absolutely. Anna Taylor-Joy is great. The final scene of her joining, joining oh, the Coven. Phenomenal. Yeah, man. It's, it's
0: what's, what's been sort of touted about is, you know, it's, it's a horror film that's got a good-for-her
1: ending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good for her, although, like, actually, she's been manipulated into that. Like that—that's another fault. There is that right from the start. It's foresh- she foreshadows one of the other kids teasing that she's a she's the witch, even mm. before anything happens, and the baby goes missing. But she's manipulating it because the last thing she does before that is murder her mum, and then by that point she's probably already thinking I'm going to hell, and it's like oh we've got you, mate. Black Phillip's got you because what are you going to do? You, you might as well sell your soul now because God's not going to have you. Mm. And uh, but still good for her because. Who doesn 't want to be a witch oh, i 'd I'd, I'd be a witch
0: well this <laughs> what i 'm realizing is that the witch actually falls into a category of what's fast becoming something that I am obsessed with in films and not just horror films but you know with um, mainstream movies as well is the the notion of identity hmm. and the fact oh. that there are certain certain films where the theorizing over which Branch of a storyline is as fun as watching the film itself, and I've got a funny feeling there might be another one coming up where that <laughs> might happen. But just yeah. like, so, my, my favourite mm. non horror movie mm. is The Prestige. Ah, and yeah. the The number so of twists yeah. and turns that you can apply, but because mm. of the nature of some of the characters, you can read each scene at least. One of two yeah. ways, and then even within those, you could be slightly yeah. wrong. Yeah. So it could have flipped, and then and the the labyrinth that I've got myself into, thinking about well if it's this one at this point?
1: Could it be there
0: <sighs> over here? And I I just adore that sort of thing. So that yeah, I completely agree with the witch being a, a worthy addition. It's it, it's it's great.
1: It's a film that stays when when you are doing that, then you know that a film's got you right because it's staying with yeah. you long after you watched it.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. So, excellent. That's your ninth pick, Chris. You're coming up to your tenth now. Mm -hmm. We're on the home straight. Mm -hmm. What's the last film which scared you?
1: Well, I watched uh, Evil Dead Rise, but to be fair, as much as I love Evil Dead, I I know what I'm getting there. And it's slightly scary. I'm sure for some people it's really scary. But for me, it's just the best thing ever. But it's really scare me scare me uh i watched nope finally got round to watching nope the other day and i feel it'd be a bit naughty not to mention jordan Peele these days when you're talking about horror films i probably my favorite is probably us still which is yes pro- I, I
0: yeah completely agree love it completely agree
1: there's i think us us is incredible but in terms of the last thing that scared me have you have you watched nope yet have you got round to it have you seen it
0: i have seen nope yeah uh, i i <laughs> Like it's it's one of those ones that I admire more than I like. Yeah. Like I totally yeah, get yeah. what each scene's doing and mm. I think he does it absolutely incredibly, it just didn't grab me.
1: I, I actually kind of agree with that and I almost feel like it was his attempt at making Jaws and because now,
0: yeah, a hundred percent by that, the, yeah. by
1: the time they've got the plan of what they're going to do, that feels very much Jaws. We're we're mm-hmm. going to go out on this boat and we're going to go and catch that fucking shark. And
0: and the ex, the expert doesn't necessarily make it, even though he comes up with the you know a big bit of the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: no, it is Jaws, isn't it? Yeah. It is Jaws. And uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like I I agree, but if I'm going to say what was the last thing that scared me, the people getting sucked up into the ship was scary mm. and like it's like it it's shot in a very claustrophobic way all these people are getting sucked up you can't quite see what's going on but you can see them getting sucked up i don't want to spoil parts of what nope's uh, about for some of your <laughs> listeners but bad shit is uh, happening to those people and it's reflected in their screams and yes. there's aspects when that ship is flying round you can still hear the screams which lets mm. you know that that doesn't end quickly or painlessly. And I thought, oh, that's fun. And Mm. so it's just that little snippet of that film where the rest of it, I really loved it really well. Actually, Kiki, Daniel, I thought they were great in it. I love Jordan Peele. I love the themes in it of bad ideas and Gordy, the chimpanzee and how that foreshadows uh, sort of like trying to control and monetize nature and how that will punish you. Um, And then, uh, Stephen, uh, who, who Stephen Yun yeah, Stephen Yun know, who I love. He sort of like thinks because he survived the situation with Gordy that he's he's with on a level of respect with these creatures, and he's mm. not, and that all backfires on him. And I I I think it's a great film. It there's a point where it rains blood, so you you know that's always a great thing to have in a film. Um, so I, I love Jordan Peele. I really did rate Get Out. I really liked it um I preferred us um I think there's I think there's loads of great shit to come from Jordan Peel. I'm super impressed with what he's doing. And Nope was a great addition to it. It's just like you say it's not one that I'm like it's the best.
0: You know, yeah. it's... on a, on a on a technical level mm. it is astonishing. Mm. And it, you know, it, I... It's weird cuz I I really should like it more than I did but I did come out of the cinema like
1: mm. I'm
0: not sure that's the one for me. Yeah. That's the key though, not for me. Mm. Other people I'm sure thought that was you know film of the year. And that, that's absolutely yeah, fine. Yeah, and they be Yeah, exact that.
1: same. Like, you know, I would as well. I'd be like, you know, it's dope. It, it's it, yeah. it's nope, is dope. It's just not the one that out of yeah, out of And out yet of I know three, like yeah. when I watched us, a lot of my mates were like us was a bit weird, wasn't it? And I was like, mate, it's fucking brilliant. It really got mm. me. And it was creative. It, it, and it was creative retelling of weird other other genres that have, have gone before it uh, in, like, the Outer Limits and those sort of, like, programmes, you know. Uh, I, I don't know, I really mm. liked it.
0: I, I loved Us. I don't think I've had the opportunity to speak about Us, actually, on this yet. But, yeah, Us is one of my... That was one of my most joyous cinema experiences because just not really knowing where it was going and then where it ends up. I was like, this is absolutely yeah. genius. It was just, but it was just it was so much fun. Mm. At the same time, I was like, this is batshit. And I was like I remember at the time people said, Oh well this doesn't all entirely make sense. I don't care mm. that it doesn't all wrap mm. up in mm. a nice neat mm. little bow. The fact that it exists, we should be really appreciative of the fact that we got that. Because it was brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Great needle drop in that as well with NWA. Oh, so
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mate. Oh, it is good. And that scene near the start when she's in the the house of mirrors and that. Mm. That, again, that's like horror. Like it's 10 out of 10 horror, that. It, sp- it spooked me right out. It's so well shot. Mm. I loved it. It's beautiful. Amazing. Beautiful, beautiful.
0: Okay, so nope. Was the mm-hmm. the last
1: film mm-hmm. which scared you that mm-hmm. that last
0: that one scene mm-hmm. of the the digestion mm-hmm. scene? I think we'll call it. Uh, what's the best <laughs> death or kill you've ever seen in a horror
1: film? Uh, I'm going to go straight in with this because I am uh, conscious of how long I've been waffling. But I'm going to go. Uh, not a problem. I'm going to go straight into Bone Tomahawk. And I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I had so many, and I was like, outside of Final Destination. Like, because there's so many good ones. There's so many great horror. There's so many great death scenes. Um, but the, the 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 scene where the giant troglodyte splits the poor bloke in half and cuts his genitals off, and then they cut him literally in half and ripping him in two. Mm. You know, to 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 bite on uh, Becky Dark saying visceral. Oh God, that's visceral. <laughs> and you're helpless to it as well. Like, there's nothing like a bit of helplessness in a horror film. Mixed mm. with really, really painful things happening to really just get you as a human being, like oh no, and that shit in some form or another has happened to poor sods in real life all the time. I'm just, you know, but but Bone Tom Hawk is is just such a good film. I think again that could come under underrated movies like Western yeah. horror. Let's get more of it, man. Like honestly, see you know who needs? Who, I'm gonna I'm gonna phone Jordan Peel up now. Get on it. <laughs> Um, we want spaghetti yeah. western oh, horror, mate. It's so good. It's a, it's a. Th- it, I watch Bone Tomahawk and I laugh all the way through it, and 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 people are like, "Why are you laughing?" I'm like, "That's really funny. It's black humour, but it's really funny, and it's also yeah. horrible and dark and drawn out and slow. But for me, it's perfect pacing, and and I think the concept of troglodyte you know the idea that back in the wild west where we hadn't discovered much country or put, they'd leave parts of the areas alone for troglodytes to still be knocking around and how they then did the character design of the troglodytes with the the wind pipes, with the bone mm. in their windpipe oh that's just such good horror that is
0: yeah it, it's incredible it's a great quest movie isn't it, it is it's a great yeah we're off to save the princess but then it's just it's just not that straightforward and the fact that they lose the horses <laughs> yeah, and yeah, then yeah. has got an injured leg yeah. so he has to walk and the others get there before him oh it's it's a great film that Bone Tomahawk and incredible hair and beard work from uh, Mr. Curtis the Kurt man Russell,
1: himself Kurt, Kurt, exactly. Kurt Russell the absolute legend the hero uh, yeah exactly
0: <laughs> Bone Tomahawk split chap I'm going <laughs> to call that kill the split chap <laughs> It is great as well. It, it's a fantastic film. Definitely go and see that if you've not seen it. Um, your 12th disc then, Chris. I'll
1: just quick, uh, I, I forgot one shout out, Joe. I'm no, sorry. go for it. Uh, Everyone's happy when they see the, the monster die, but I think uh, The Fly, when The Fly uh, puts the shotgun to its own head at the end of the movie... Is one of the most heartbreaking death scenes yep. in any horror film. And is just one of the best horror films of all time. And yeah, for many reasons, but when it picks up that fucking pulls the shotgun to its own head after it about, to. it was trying to do something really bad. Mm. <laughs> and then she, you know, obviously the final girl, as it were, um, you know, uh, prevents that happening. And yeah. Um, yeah. It's horrible. It puts the gun to its own head and I'm just like, Oh, that's the right thing to do. But my heart's been broken. And also, you're a horrible creature.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, is that not a metaphor for you know the the people who look the slickest, the cleanest, the smarmiest? You know, they're always the evil bastards, yeah. and it's the ugly gribbies <laughs> who are your mates. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. That movie as well. Isn't it? The the what's the line where he says? I'll I'll hurt you if you stay. Or is it yeah, I'll hurt you if
1: you stay. Heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, um, I think one of your other guys said, "Am I am I a fly that dreams of being a man, or a man that dreams of being a flyer?" It's great. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, fucking excellent performances.
0: Yeah, the bit that stands out to me in that always is when she uh, she gives birth to the oh, weird mate. pupa thing. Yeah. That creeped me it's out rough, for a few years. Rough going. Let me tell you. <laughs> Okay, uh, we'll go for your penultimate disc mm-hmm. then, Chris. Can I have one film from your favourite horror director, please?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> the thing. Yeah, I knew it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's it's probably I've not talked about other sci-fi horrors like Aliens or Alien, and they trans they almost transcend the uh, genre. I often say, uh, but the thing for me is like that, like aside from other exceptions, would be my favourite horror film of all time. I just think it's amazing. It's Lovecraftian, before I knew what that meant. It's body horror. It's survival horror. Um <clears throat> it's just got that tense it's got the best theme tune, like that that soundtrack yeah. that uh you know Carpenter um I don't know if Carpenter wrote that one or oh it's gone out of my brain now. Or is it Morricone? I can't remember. Um it's gone. Dun, I'm not dun, sure on that I, I, yeah, dun, dun. I always thought it was Carpenter it might have been though. Carpenter I, I, I just trick myself on that that bit of trivia every now and then because I, 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 I know he wrote a lot of his a lot of them like taking a peck like, he's done a lot of them Prince of Darkness I think he did that one as well mm. which is underrated I really enjoy Prince of Darkness part of the, 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 the sort of like you know the apocalypse trilogy with uh, In the Mouth of Madness which is the shit uh, but the thing for me just stands out. It's, 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 it's terrifying. Talk about death scenes. The scene where he goes to resuscitate him and his fucking arms go into the bloke's chest cavity and it's actually a pair of jaws. Oh, man, I remember watching that and I was just purely, absolutely, what am I doing to myself? I was so scared. <laughs>
0: it's, it's astonishing. It, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about one of my favourite things about you know, a story is, is when it comes down to identity and it quite oh, literally God. that is the problem in the thing is you don't know which of them it is the blood testing scene I mean when you th- they set it up absolutely perfectly you think it's going to be and then it just instantly is like no it's that one it completely catches you off guard and the blood jumps out the dish
1: yeah, oh, completely, and it has it has one of the best bit of tension breaking in a horror film. So, again, it's that whole like doing the jump scare, but via misdirection. The misdirection is the humor is because the yeah. colonel, uh, that you know, the captain of the base, they do his, although they suspect him, and they're like, right, well, if we all finished, all finished now, uh, can someone please get me off this fucking goddamn chair? Or he's tied to this fucking <laughs> chair, and it's just so funny. And then obviously. Then the really wild shit happens, and it's you know it's just traumatizing. It's the, the 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 animatronics in it for the for the monster is just incredible. Even to this day, like even mm. if I watch like Sir so Jaws, you could argue is the best, my favourite horror film of all time. It's another one that sort of transcends it. But like Bruce does look like he's aged now. Like when I see that shark chewing up like Queen at the end, I'm kind of like, oh. <laughs> I'm so terrified. But if I watch the thing, even that, like the few final scenes of that, they still, there's still an element of that where I'm like, oh, fucking hell, that's still not that pleasant to watch.
0: Mm, yeah. Absolutely.
1: So, what do you think happens at the end? So, the film ends <laughs> with McCready
0: and, mm. and I forget the other chap's name. They're sat outside. Yeah. And then the film just ends. What, in your mind, has happened is going to happen? Right,
1: Ho. So there's so many theories on this, right? Call and me I, a ho. <laughs> 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 right, ho. Right. <laughs> All right. So there's so many theories on this, right? And I can't, I can't um, profess to being the one who thought of this. And you can interpret this how you want. They're, they have said that they filmed it in a way that you will be able to tell who's the thing by... And what they've said is shiny night in light. How the how light reflects in the actor's eyes. But mm. you then have the theory of the the breath. Yeah. But there is still a little bit of breath coming off the pair of them. But here's here's the, here's the here's the rub. This is what I love. This is my favorite one, right? Is that McCready at the end is burning down the complex, right? And he's throwing bottles of petrol and just, uh, like fire bombs. And fire bombs aren't usually used spirits, they're petrol, right? So he's petrol bombing the place, right? When they're sat there and they drink that whiskey, McCready takes a sip of it. Yeah. And acting like it's whiskey, he's had a taken a sip of petrol and he acts normal. Oh, so he yeah. passes it. Um, oh, bloody hell. And, and um, Childs, his Childs, passes it to Childs to see if how Childs reacts drinking petrol. And obviously, Charles doesn't react badly. So, McCready knows Charles is the thing, and that's how I like to think of it. Like, he knows at some point he's going to need to kill Charles quickly, but it's much better to leave it. I I love the fact that even if that isn't what they thought when they wrote it, I love the fact that fan fiction can, can come in and they can add to horror and they can add to the legend. And to me, that is just like such a great explanation. For me, it's like that's my headcanon. That's how it goes down, right? I I, I love that idea. And McCready's just an absolute fucking legend. So, oh, who is it? Kurt Russell. So,
0: (laughs) yeah. Absolutely. Have you played any of the board games that are so. Oh,
1: no. No, fuck. No, I haven't.
0: I played computer games that were good, but I haven't played a board game so there was one that my mate got It's it was because there's now an official The Thing board right. game but this one was based on who goes I've there I've heard the this
1: yeah I've heard so, this
0: so and essentially like you play through the the thing like it's it's an amazing game but the crux of it comes when in a certain round the alien is you know the thing is introduced and whoever is whoever discovers they are the thing it's obviously they, they discover it in secret but then have to convince the other players it's not them. So it's like a sort of social brilliant. deduction um, deception game. It's brilliant. I thing. am getting really, that. Really I'm
1: 100% getting that. I know the people I'm going to play it with. I literally can't <laughs> wait.
0: Yeah. Excellent stuff. Okay, the thing. I knew it was going to show up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Chris, we've come to your final disc. And I'm gonna ask you now for what is your favourite horror movie from the past
1: five years? Oh man. Um, oh it's between two <laughs> I'm gonna say um St Maud. actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna go psychological horror. People people talks about Babadook and I struggle with this man. I really have struggled and and, and and I do feel like this is one that I ch- I would, as much as I've changed my, given you so many options during this podcast, <laughs> that is, this has been easily the hardest one to pick. There's been loads of really good stuff and I'm not going to sit here listing loads. I nearly, it was between that and host host because of all yeah. the links to COVID and, and the fact that what I love about both of these films is that they're done on such small budgets Hmm. and it's all the creative preparation and thinking. Host is perfectly executed. Um, I was going to say again a shout-out to Jed Shepherd, who's one of, one of the uh, writers on, on Host. He went on to do Dashcam, which I fucking loved, and I feel is underrated. Yeah, um, 100%. He's got some other absolutely quality stuff uh, coming out. I, I went and met up with him last week. He's coming on our podcast soon. I, I You know, I just think... Both Host and Saint Maud feel like they're within reach. Like you can, you could make them because they're so small. If you had the talent and you knew horror well, you know, I just love them both. But so I, I've called out Saint Maud because um, it was only one that came into my mind today. As i was like, going over so many other horror films that have come out recently, and I forgot how much I enjoyed it and how much. It's just that, psycho- I, I, I kind of do like psychological horror a lot. I love the fact that it's a, a, a poor girl dealing with trauma who sort of like has, has, has had a situation where it's resulted in one of her patients effectively dying and she's very religious and she was a bit of a wild child as well but then she found religion and then now she's been asked to care for a woman who's like basically terminally ill, got very, very ill. Who's not? Who's very liberal? So, the other end from conservative to liberal, and she feels like she's going to help save her soul before death, and she feels she's making progress there. And they have it. They share a religious moment midway through the film where she, where Maud Maud really feels like she's sort of like, uh, you know, g- g- made the connection. The actress is um, uh, Morvid Clark. She went on to do that. She's in the Lord of the Rings sort of stuff now. But it's fucking great, man. And but she's she's obviously having a bit of a meltdown, and she starts doing towards it like later on in the film, like self-flagellation, and um, and then obviously you get the last two, like the last two final scenes where she's been made a bit of a fool of, but she's by this point absolutely in belief that she's in communion with God and doing God's work. And then there's, a, there's the final scene where she basically, on the beach, douses herself in acetone and sets fire to herself. And in her mind, she's, she's, she, she grows wings and she goes up to heaven. And then it snaps to the reality, which is her with flesh melting off her screaming on the beach while onlookers watching horror. And I'm like, oh, thank you for that. What a, what a cracking little, just such a, there's no fat in that script. Mm,
0: yeah, that, that's actually a very good point yeah it's very lean isn't mm. it? It knows what its message is knows what visuals it wants to hit it knows what beats it needs to hit and it just it, again it's something you said earlier you know it it looks effortless mm. that film looks effortless and yet it's just it's so full of huge ideas and it's it was my first cinema experience going you know going back to the cinema oh really after lockdown was nice. saint Maud. and i i was so elated that i i went into it and like you know i'd heard a couple of good things just like oh yeah it's you know the latest horror films. I was like right well, we better go see it <laughs> yeah and I, I i came out of that and i turned to lisa and my wife and i went that was a fucking masterpiece <laughs> yeah. and she turned to me and went i hated that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get it i get it it's yeah. it's easily there's so many big films that we, that we could have talked about now but you know what i i, I always love horrors that uh simply executed I don't I think yeah. horror can be told in so many different ways and psychological horror I think is a is a great way to do it there's not a lot of talk there's not a lot of talking in it when, when we've we've spoke about so many films even dialing back to like Hellraiser like these these big clever dialogues I mean I was mentioning Midnight Mass earlier so there's some great dialogue yeah. in that it doesn't really happen it's all act it's all show don't tell in St. Maud and yeah you know as long as you you cast it right you've got a good DOP and a, a, a strong themes in it I think you can absolutely stick a landing in what is a short film as well and I was just like oh that's that's masterfully done I'd be so proud if I ever made something like St Maud you know not complicated totally. brilliant I'd be proud if I served the meals be, yeah yeah exactly on St Maud I would. yeah
0: absolutely yeah. The, the, the real masterf- masterful thing of it, though, is that it's genuinely scary. as <laughs> yeah, Well, there yeah, were points yeah. in the cinema. I, d- I don't know what this was, but yeah. there's a scene where she goes and she's standing, effectively, with her head against a wall. However, the, the, that wall is the camera lens. Yeah. So she's right in yeah. front of the lens. Yeah. And she has a conversation with God. And for some reason, that just stuck in my yeah. brain. And I was like, this is terrifying. Yeah this is absolutely terrifying and it's supposed to be this benevolent being yeah. and it's all that but it was utterly yeah. terrifying it's an incredible piece because people work. are it's doing
1: incredible. that in real life all the time like way more <laughs> than there's like serial killers out there stabbing people there's people out there completely with these uh these fit these um fictitious creations in their mind of being in commune with god so yeah that's why it's uh yeah you can't like crazy like people who have lost it is always an interesting one for a horror film because there's no way to reason with them and that's that's also one that's the scariest
0: thing isn't it that's something that Stu's mentioned a few times actually on Hardcore Listing is that the scariest thing is someone you can't reason with Mm. and for that reason that's why he's you know such a fan of Francis Begbie as a character yeah there's just
1: no reason (laughs) no yeah yeah.
0: there's nothing you can say that will make him change his behaviour yeah absolutely Chris, that that about wraps up your your spooky oh, shelf. Thanks, mate. Um, I'm just going to run down. The oh yeah, list let's again, do it. Let's do it. I'm so sorry. for about 80 on there, but no, that's absolutely fine. What I have done is yeah. I have just kept it to the ones you've kept. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy with editions. that, mate. I'm happy. So, so your shelf reads thus: Night of the Living Dead, Hellraiser Three, Scream, The Haunting of Hill House, Ghost Watch, Paranormal Activity. Martyrs, however, it does have the Dust of Dawn disc in it as well, just to <laughs> calm you down afterwards. Event Horizon, The Witch, or the Vavitch, Nope, Bone Tomahawk, The Thing, obviously, and Saint Maud. Now that it's set in stone yeah. and there's no alterations at all yeah, at yeah, any yeah, time sure, possible, sure, sure. are you happy with that as your speech? A-
1: absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'll. Uh, you- you're welcome to come over and um, I'm just going to make you watch Hellraiser 3, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Yeah.
0: excellent stuff well Chris for um, for anyone who might have discovered Spooky Chef before Hardcore Listing do you want to quickly give a shout out to the, the socials all your, your plugs and all that sort just of thing just check us
1: out on Instagram at Hardcore Listing I think Twitter's the same Facebook's the same uh, we do top fives we invite guests on to run through top fives if you like horror come and listen to Joe's uh, top five British horrors on there it's a real good real good chat yeah come come and have a listen we also talk about absolute nonsense most of the time so yeah
0: Another horror special one to look out for is when you're all going off to your zombie thing and oh, yeah. you did top five yeah. zombie films and Stu Whiffin said, with utter confidence, dog soldiers.
1: That's my co-host, ladies and gentlemen. And we've got a, yes. a, a, a great horror director and writer uh, tomorrow. So I don't know how Stu's going to embarrass us there, but I cannot wait.
0: <laughs> Incredible stuff. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming down and pleasure, up your very own Spooky Shelf. Well, there you go. That was Chris Glassen on the Spooky Shelf Podcast. I really enjoyed that conversation. That was a really good chat. It felt really, really good. Remember to subscribe to the Spooky Shelf wherever you get your pods. You can find me at Spooky Shelf Podcast on Instagram. Thanks very much to Cosmic Itching for creating the incredible photography and artwork for this podcast, to Mike Leach for creating the letterbox list, and to Raul Coley and Mike Flanagan, because I'm going to keep saying this until... The End of Time. Oh, something. With Dan Parkinson there. Uh, I'll be back next week with another big old spooky show. Have a lovely week and see you next time.
1: Smile, you son of a...